Can you touch your nose with your tongue? Absolutely not. I can also do that. What's the, what's the other thing you could do? Wiggle my ears. No kidding. Can you yeah. show it off? Yeah. Let's see if you can see it. Ah! Huh. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. This week on Red Dead Radio, we can do some weird stuff with our bodies. <laughs> Hi, friends. Welcome to Red Dead Radio, the Red Dead Redemption podcast. I'm your host, Jared Petty. And as always, we're going straight to the Wild Wild Guest. We're going straight to the Wild Wild Guest. We're going straight to the Wild Wild Guest. Yeah! Were those words? Those were words. They wow. were almost all the same thing every week. <laughs> it's I impressive. I, I tried to slow it down a little you bit. You did. Time. I think you should speed it up. Really? Yeah. Okay, like more, more time. Okay. Hi, friends. Welcome to Red Dead Radio. The Red Dead Redemption. Oh, I can't do that. Yes, I don't know. You could have rolled with it. No one would have known the you. difference. Hi, friends. Welcome to Red Dead Radio. The Red Dead Redemption podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Petty, and I'm always going straight to the wild guest. I think it's still pretty bad. Yeah. But. No, I think I that was it. about yeah. 98% of the words. I think the only thing you missed was Red Dead Radio. Uh, okay, it was, so it there, was in there. there. You, you remember the McDonald's song? The Big Mac, DLT, a quarter pound of cheese, filet of fish, hamburger, cheeseburger, happy meal, nuggets, tasting with fresh, weary, little left side, salad, chef, regard, nowhere, chicken salad, nuggets, salad, big burgers, hot cakes, bacon, egg, and sausage, four dessert, apple, hey, sundry, variety, drink Coca Cola, diet, and Coke, and orange, drink, spike, and coffee, decaf, two, live, drink, tumbles, good time, great taste, and I get this all in place. Do you remember that? Is that your go to karaoke song? <laughs> <laughs> I would fucking hope it is. That was great. Yeah, because that was amazing. I was this just like, oh, wow. they, by McDonald's. They gave these they gave so many records. Sponsors. This is, I, I'm an old, old man, and they gave these records out at McDonald's. And people would sing that song and if they got to the end of the song without screwing up on your record you won like a hundred thousand dollars no and so did you win the hundred thousand dollars no Is they'd always screw so up right at the though? end i practiced it as a small child Aww. wait Do you the people this? recorded on the audio yeah if you got a record that didn't have a fuck up at the end yeah like they'd get almost through and then somebody would screw up and they'd be like oh and they'd be like oh you're not a winner but somewhere out there there was a record oh those mm. Assholes. And you had to listen to the whole song, which was the whole McDonald's menu. Oh, that's what that is. That is some beautiful capitalism right there. Yeah. That is some fucked up marketing. Although there is the unfortunately named Chicken Salad Oriental on that menu. Oh. Oh. What year was this? Like and I, yeah. Which I did not sing along with the rest of the song. Good. Nice. So. Good. That's you why you didn't get the 100000 but it was why. worth it. <laughs> so, so, hey, hi. Uh, we have note. wild, wild guests tonight. So, uh, to my right, your left, uh, of course, uh, as very often. Hello. He old John Ryan. It's uh, me again. Sorry to bother you. And then to his right, or your far left. Tina. Tina Amini. Tina Amini. That's my Welcome. name. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I got it right. <laughs> From whence do you hail, Tina Amini? Oh, that's a that's a very deep and existential question. Expound. Yeah. Well, uh, I could say that I'm from New York. Okay. And that's very much part of who I am. Or okay. I could say I'm from IGN. Four months in. Four months in now. Yeah. Part Isn't that crazy? Room. Yeah. That's also part yeah, of who I am. I can't believe it's already yeah. been four months. I can't believe it hasn't been longer than four months. <laughs> <laughs> and you're his I've boss, been here forever. Right? I mean, you're lots of people's yeah, boss. Yeah, like good behavior. Yeah. Pretty cool being the boss. Bagel, exactly. Bagel Wednesday is a time-honored tradition at IGN. It really, it is. truly yeah, is. That is, is a, the only reason thing. I come to work on Wednesdays. I always forget. I always forget oh, wow. and eat breakfast and then come in on like second breakfast. Well, yep. I mean, second breakfast is always a good idea. Yeah. So yeah. We've had For one, yes. yes. Exactly. It's the best thing about being a hobby. You go like breakfast, second breakfast. Yeah, no one judges. It's and like that's just what you need. And let you walk around outside yeah, forever. That, that less so. There's a lot of hair on that feet. I say I'm into it. That's my, I'm okay with it. 
Eleven seas. What about eleven seas? Yeah. Oh, well, obviously, if you're gonna do the Hobbit lifestyle. So do you the remember right all way. the Hobbit meals? Oof. No. Do you? Can you sing it? Of course I, you can. I can't sing it. <laughs> can you sing it fast? It's breakfast, second breakfast, eleven seas, noon. Or no, eleven seas, lunch, tea, dinner, supper. So they usually eat six of the seven. I can't. They believe. usually eat six of the seven. Yeah, they usually Not have six eight meals of the a day. Seven? Well, I mean, that's who doesn't want to eight out of seven? That sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. That's why she's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tina, uh, I'm really happy to have you here. I mean, John Thank Ryan, you. you're okay too, but uh, really happy. We're to better have as you. a team, anyway. Is that why? why yeah. how, how do you, what kind of team are you guys? Are you like crime fighters together? Are you buddy cops? Are I you? I feel like we could be a pretty sick buddy cop. I duo. feel like we could be a buddy cop. Hell yeah! yeah. Mm-hmm. Jr. and Tina. Yeah, I like that. We just gotta go like back to back. Oh, 100 the whole time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Jr. Was is a hard-boiled detective. Yeah. plays by the rules. <laughs> I think you, you don't play it? by the rules if you're hardboiled. Oh, you're right? the loose yeah. cannon, hands down. Yeah, I'm just like firing off everywhere. Yeah. John Ryan talking to your mic. No. See, it's just so much more clear. I can hear it. It's I just know you can like, hear me now. Hello, I am John Ryan the Echo. Maybe look, you look should just pick up your mic. I really should. I just you hold really it right should here just the entire time. Is that I mean, better? Whoa, you're like Mariah carrying so it right awesome. now. Oh my God, I am. Yeah. I don't know her. <laughs> Mariah Carey. She sings music sometimes. She's a, she's a singer so It's a thing that she yeah. says. Oh, I yeah. don't remember that. Well, there was she's that one time that she didn't somebody. really sing, and then there was a thing. And well, then there was that whole other thing, too. And that, 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 that third thing. But yeah, you guys would make yeah. great buddy cops. Who are the best buddy yeah. cops? Oh, Riggs and Murtaugh. Yeah? Hands down? Yes. Absolutely the best? Well, I mean, there's Robocop and himself, but... <laughs> you know what? We talk about cowboys here. I know that maybe... <laughs> we talk about westerns. We talk about all manner of those things, but we also talk about Tina Meany, and you're here because you are... Uh, you mentioned you work in media. You've worked in media for a long time. A while now, yeah. yeah. It's weird and, to think about. Um, primarily in the video game space. Yep. And uh, you're here to talk about Red Dead Redemption tonight. What's your background with Red Dead? So, uh, I've only played Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, I played it many, many years ago when it came out uh but i have a really like fond memories of it probably my most favorite is has nothing to do with the game even itself necessarily so much as it was one time that i was watching one of my brothers play and there was a really hilarious glitch and uh it's one of those moments that you just sit there laughing to where you've like built another layer of ab what was yeah. what was the glitch so it's one of those moments where like you have to have been there to yeah. really appreciate it so i'll preface with that because i'll be laughing hysterically and people are like all right so it was a glitch but uh what happened was you know when you go to rescue luisa luisa right mm-hmm. yes so mm-hmm. you're at the top and you're at, um, a boulder and you're listening into the bandits before you go into that like cave where she's being held hostage mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be like crouched behind and listening in to see like what they're talking about and when they're gonna leave so at the time my brother was playing and i was just watching him and he like hopped off his horse went to the boulder and it was uh like starting to thunderstorm and the horse starts to freak out a little bit and you're like oh my god oh my god like this is gonna mess up the mission and we're sitting there like oh god the horse the horse he's neighing oh, oh my god the horse is now beginning to go down the hill and we're freaking out and at, by the end of it like it's a massive thunderstorm and the horse is just neighing and galloping around these people and we're like still pretending as if we're being hidden in the background yeah, and yeah. the bandits are like oh like whispering to themselves yeah. So it was just incredibly ridiculous. Broke that, you know, fourth wall for us. Yeah. And we were just but like busting a gut laughing. Ones, it really is. And it's one of those things where like 
like, I don't know, glitches are supposed to be bad, but no, they're great. They add like a really nice oh, little yeah. layer and a personal experience. They add a layer of memorability. I yeah, think. exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the memories that I like took away from that game. And then I have another brother and I, he doesn't really play games all that much because he's always super busy. But he loved Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. It's hard and it not was, to. It's hard not to, but uh, his game save got corrupted. And so he, I don't, I think he was like just about to go to Mexico, which is relevant for what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was like just about to get there and uh, the save file corrupted. And he was like, that's it. I'm done with video games. I was like, oh, no. no. Yeah. Ooh. I've actually considered replaying to get him to get to where he was and then hand him off the save file. You I should, should do, do that. that. That'd be super yeah, sweet. That'd I should be, do I, that. Like easy Christmas gift. Right? right yeah. yeah, and it's so much more thoughtful than like you know buying some ridiculous like five hundred dollar whatever yeah. and thing. Cheaper. Like he, yeah, cheaper. exactly. Yeah. I just finished replaying it, and it's you know it's almost a decade old, and it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, it really is. It's a very well constructed game. You can see where a lot of trends kind of began with it. And, oh yeah, and now people have have built on those, and some of it is anachronistic, but enough of it is is still so well done that you have a really good time with it. Um, you do kind of to look at John now and go, wow. Everyone in in the entire West is taking advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Um, please stop doing what other people want. Uh, but but I, honestly, y'all just feel for the guy most of the time. Yeah, I mean, it's also like that's the curse of a video game protagonist, though. That Talk you'll feel for the mic. That's the curse of a video game protagonist, <laughs> though. It's just going to become a running gag. Now. It really is. It really is. is. This better? Well, that, that's much better. Okay, it's cool. so much better. Good. Than Thank you. I'm sorry, everyone at home, for ruining Jared's podcast. No problem. Mm-hmm. What's uh, what's your favorite? John, you you write guides for a living. You encounter glitches constantly. Oh playing. yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite glitch? Um, off the top of my head, I really love not to knock the series because I know a lot of people give Assassin's Creed a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. I like a lot of people like the whole Unity thing, for example. Like I played that game for. 55, 60 hours, and I never had a single fucking problem with it. Um, but I do love when they have uh, cutscenes that are sort of like not fully rendered cutscenes, but taking place within the open world. Uh, and so you still have NPCs wandering in and out. So, like, you'll have like Edward Kenway and somebody like crouched down in a bush having a very serious conversation. And then, like, some dude in a petticoat will just like smash through them and like into the bush and then yeah. out the other side. It's to just go to goofy. The market. It's so good. Yeah, I, I like I like that that little dose of unreality. I'm really wondering mm-hmm. how that's going to contrast. Rockstar has made no secret of the fact that they want this to be an immersive, hyper-realistic experience, mm-hmm. that you want to feel like a citizen of a real world, just a part of a large ecosystem. Yeah. So glitches are going to be all the more jarring when and if they happen. I'm kind of wondering how that's going to play out or if. That's I mean, the charm of video games. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of something that they are, I know, being super conscious of. Like when we saw it a while back, they told the story about how like there was a, a problematic glitch that kind of ruined that immersion, not in the way that it normally would, like a guy walking through a cutscene. Um, but so like the horse mechanics that we've sort of discussed a little bit before, um, like, you know, your horse is really a, a secondary character for you. You have to take care of it. You have to bond with it. You have to care about it. And in a lot of ways, you might feel like it cares about you. But like there was a situation where one of the developers was riding his horse out in the middle of the desert and it, you know, basically busted its leg and he didn't have any medicine for it. And so he ran off to town and like tried to get it and like it, he came back and he found it dead and it was just like oh the horse is dead shit like my friend died out you're in the ruining desert. our day yeah alone so that's not really a glitch <laughs> that's just uh that's just a casualty of the ecosystem oh that moment in and of itself to him he says was like super heartbreaking he was like yeah. oh shit this is like the essence of this game it's creating bonds with creatures and people yeah 
organically and then having, you know, big narrative moments happen because of actions or inactions that I took. What then happened was, for shits and giggles, he hit the call horse button and horse popped right back up into existence, completely uh, negating any emotional weight that that moment carried. Uh, because he was, was he like in a dev mode? Yeah, it, it was okay. just, you know, it was like two and a half, three years okay. ago. So it was yeah. a very, 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 very early, barely even. And now you can't do that anymore. So they're like, oh and, my goodness. And, so but that was insane. the thing. I mean, they built, yeah. they, they really had that moment where they said like, okay, we have to make sure that the horse... You feel like you're losing something. Yeah, you, everything costs something. That's that the sense. idea. I like that. I like Eve Online for that reason. I used to play a little bit of oh, that. Man, for that costs a lot. <laughs> well, when you when, when you die, there's real real penalties. Yeah. It, it feels it just feels, like real life. I have an actual favorite glitch and a least favorite glitch. Ooh, yeah. expound. So, favorite or least favorite first? Oh, uh, at 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 your leisure. Okay, so. Favorite glitch is, have you guys played Left 4 Dead 2? Like, so one much. of my favorite games. Yeah, me too. Um, but in Left 4 Dead 2, they introduced dual wielding. Mm -hmm. And what you, you could do is when you're in the safe house or the safe room, uh, you quickly swap between dual pistols and whatever the melee weapon was. So let's say oh, like the frying okay, pan. Yep. So you swap between the two of them rapidly and you shove it into a corner because like, as you flip it, it kind of like chucks ahead. So you maneuver it into a corner and then you sit there crouched in the corner and you're just like quickly shuffling between the two. And after a while, it starts to glitch out and your back starts to produce pistols. Oh, wow. And you do this so frequently and so fast and so often that Jesus. it's just spitting out pistols <laughs> from your back. And eventually it lags the game out. So the reason why you want to do this okay. is because when you play on the most difficult level, which I believe is called expert. Mm -hmm. um, so when you play on expert level, it's just insanely difficult. Like a single hit from the tank will incapacitate yeah. well, is you. It, is that the survivalist one where there's like no HUD or anything? Or is it just um, like the hardest? I think hardest? it's the hardest. I can't okay. remember if there was any like tweaks to the UI. Okay. But... If, it's, if it's vanilla, then that's the expert mode. Sorry, okay, was, then yes, 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 then that is the case. Game. So, yes. So, uh, yeah, the, the reason why you want to do that is because when it lags out, you can kind of like predict the frames of where the infected or zombies were coming at you. Mm. And you just kind of like swim around them or like jump around them. And so you're, the point it becomes of just running straight from safe room to safe room. And the only time where you actually have to engage with the infected is the tank because you can't go to the next safe room without right. killing the tank. Right. So the tank becomes this interesting battle where like it's actually still difficult because if you get one hit you're incapacitated right so you have to predict the lag and the, the <sighs> game becomes crazy. like fighting against the lag so you like go up quickly hit him or like you know and then come back and then he's like maybe has swung at you already right. and, and you don't know yeah it's like exactly. some kind of insane reverse speed running that's yeah. amazing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is kind of yeah it's speed yeah lagging. that's exactly <laughs> speed lagging that's exactly like that. what that was but yeah, the, this was like back I before that. I was even in the industry and I just played the like that game to death. Oh, yeah. um, even made some friends with people that I played the game with and you start to see other people doing it and you're like, what are they doing? And then you pick up on it and you're like, crap, now I know this like amazing Shit. cheat. So that's my favorite glitch because right. right. it was favorite? actually still funny. But the um, my, my least favorite was in Journey. So when I was playing that game initially, like through the first few levels or whatever you would call it, uh, I would meet people, like we'd hang out a little bit, like, you know, dance around each other, but then ultimately part ways. Finally, uh, towards the end, I started to spend like maybe half the game towards the end with, with someone in particular. And we made our way together. And, you know, you're toward at the end when you're like shooting up, something happened oh. where it glitched out and I lost my partner. And so this whole like climactic moment where you're supposed to be shooting up together and you reach the like summit and you're like seeing this beautiful last screen view, I didn't have my buddy there. Oh. 
So it was kind of heartbreaking. Something very similar happened to Angie the first time she played Journey. Uh, mm. a, a glitch right at the end crashed the snow level just, and she lost her yep. companion and she missed it. Yep. Just, yeah. Much, it was much unhappiness in my heart. That is a terrible glitch yeah. and a wonderful game. But it, it also like kind of still speaks to the gravity of that moment because I, I felt the reverse of it, but I felt the same level of it, which mm. is interesting. No, something gives you a sense of loss like that counts for a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about this game. I can't wait to love my horse so much. <laughs> and die on you. Yeah. Well, you know, again, that's a, I'm glad my, like, you know, awful video game moment has reminded you of your excitement for your horse moment. It has brought me great joy thinking about it. Well, I mean, it's, it's you know, what's 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 life without a few old yellers, right? Yeah. You gotta have those. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess. I am Jesus. so naming my horse glue. I can't wait. Um Call him Ajax. Ajax? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Or no, I'm sorry, not Ajax. Alpo. Oh, no. Just, no. I'm naming mine Backup. Backup? Yeah, after oh. Veronica Mars. Oh, Ooh, what, what happened? There? We're oh, still here. Yeah, there it goes. Still, oh, yeah, we got the weird light thing going to happen again. Oh, we'll cut around that bullshit. Fans <laughs> of the show are we're totally not cutting that out. Uh, <laughs> production I, quality. They need to see it. It's part of the whole show it's now. It's part yeah. of the organic yeah. experience. Yeah, exactly. You live what we live. Yep. Moving on to the news this week. And that's right. We got, oh my goodness, we'll show that off later. So, Red Dead Radio 2 news of the week. Uh, this one from our friends right down the street at GameSpot. <gasps> A weapon unearthed. Ooh. Red Dead Redemption what 2 could it be? is still a few months away, but Rockstar is already giving players a chance to earn certain items through another one of its games, Grand Theft Auto V. Last year, the developer announced a crossover mission in GTA Online that would unlock a weapon in the upcoming title. It appears another similar tie-in has now been discovered in GTA V's code. The Guru Team, which is responsible for uncovering the first tie-in mission in GTA Online before it was formally announced by Rockstar, have just found a second Red Dead Redemption 2 weapon in the game through data mining, a stone hatchet via PC Gamer. According to the group, the hatchet can be acquired through a treasure hunt, which involves traveling to five different locations on the map and either capturing or killing a target. Once all five areas have been visited, players will travel to a sixth location where they'll find a treasure chest containing the hatchet. They can then use the weapon to take on a series of special challenges, which will in turn unlock the stone hatchet in Red Dead Redemption 2 on either PS4 or Xbox One when completed. Despite being in the game's code, the stone hatchet isn't currently live in GTA Online. Rockstar still hasn't formally announced the crossover mission, so it remains to be seen when players will be able to get their hands on the weapon. With Red Dead Redemption 2 slated to launch on October 26, however, it seems likely Rockstar will share details about the new tie-in quest soon. Now read that again fast. Yeah. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I, I Do it in your best cronk. Yeah. No, not doing, not doing the cronk. We already did faster. I don't really talk fast well, do I? No, uh, yeah. no. Do. Just, just your intros. Oh, thanks. Just the words you already know how to say. This one's on Red There we go. You got to do that. All right. So, um, team, what do you think? Uh, I think that your final line there made a lot of sense. I'm sure that it, it is the case leading up to uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. makes a lot of sense. Anytime that these like data mining things go down, it's always kind of like the writing on the wall that's what it is so you think you're probably gonna we're probably gonna see this like this is an actual thing that'll get used in the game most likely feels like it could be yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. did you did you guys watch the video that the google kids put out uh no i didn't watch it I just oh, read the it's really good it's a really well, well made someone video. did <laughs> um well i have to because it's my job to be on top of this kind of shit <laughs> thanks for your due diligence um, john ryan of course <laughs> that's what you get when you put me in this chair um, no, the, so they made a video basically showcasing it. Um, I don't exactly know how they did that. I feel like it was with a like local privatized or a, like a local instance of the online world mm-hmm. um, and a bunch of weird 
PC hacks that I have zero idea how they actually did it. Um, but it's, the same, it's the same way that the, the Westworld characters beam themselves into space or whatever. They're using that same technology. Just fiction. Sure, yeah. 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 It's, the GTA one's better written because nobody talks. All right. Um, oh, my God, yes. Sick burn, right? <laughs> yes. Mm. Good. <laughs> um, but it's, it's neat. Um, so basically the way that it turns out, uh, it, it looks too good to be a hoax okay. is what I'm saying. Um, a very roundabout way of saying it because sometimes I just don't words good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, like if you watch the video, it's it's too like it's a very formalized thing. It's too accurate mm-hmm. to to be fake. Okay, so because yeah, because hoaxes can be very convincing or look very convincing at first glance. I think right. about before the switch came out. Remember all the switch leaks that weren't switches? Oh yeah, you know things like that. But there's like a that. difference when people like mine through files. Exactly. Like it always means something. It might not mean what we predict it to mean. Like yeah. maybe it doesn't look the way that it does in terms of like quests and how where items are exactly right. or so, how you achieve it or what what even the point of achieving it is. But yeah. normally it means like there's something in the game and it has something to do with that. And it's I going concur. To be real. Yeah. 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 I, I my main thing. is is uh, sometimes stuff gets made for games that doesn't actually come out, but still remains in the code. Sometimes yeah, it's, it's easier to, to pull just something like out than turn it off, to, right? Rather than like off. delete the whole thing, yeah. flip the bit, and suddenly yeah. it's not there anymore. Well, I mean, it also makes sense. You know, Red Dead is a precious few months away at this point. Um, the After Hours update that they released for GTA Online a couple of weeks ago has seen and will keep seeing content updates. Um, and it also, you know, there. Oh, there went there went the sun. It's motion detected, right? Uh, no, we have no? to go press a button. I'll so, go do oh, that. Oh, so I just I do this tight. and it does nothing? No. Yeah, you, I I'm mean, not you helping. Doing it. I'm not helping at all? No, that's, maybe we all do it. Definitely still going in the video. <laughs> Wait, we have to do the, the wave. Okay. All right. Okay. Wait, I mess it up. I mess it up. I go this way. Right. Oh, there yeah. we go. Oh, I did it wrong. I did it wrong. Okay, you ready? One more, one more. And then bring it back. I, I think we did it. Do the wave I, I did it. No, properly. you did it. You got okay. it. You got it right. Yeah, then you're not this week on Red yeah, Dead Radio. <laughs> All right, I'll go this week on Red Dead Radio, we go crazy into the dark. <laughs> yeah, I think you should do a beard scratch test. He's gonna leave this in, you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Just because we were talking about it earlier. Yeah, leave. exactly. Yeah, are you, can you play a song on it? I mean, not. Not really. Yeah. There's no real like rhythmic songs you can play with a beard. Yeah, it's just like two notes. Yeah, it's the same much. note. <laughs> it's just, it's <laughs> just... So I think you know, the lights just went off, but I think we're all kind of in accord that Stone Hatchet, probably a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Well, I mean, it makes sense in that it introduces new mechanics to the game, like new objectives, new quests. So, you know, Mod, do you remember Mod from the core game of GTA V? Yeah. It was Trevor's bounty hunter friend mm-hmm. right um she's the one that gives you bounty missions to allegedly at least based on the video that uh the guru kids put out basically mod will give you bounties and if you do four or five of those then you'll get a mission or like a blip on your radar and this is where i think it does kind of go into hinky territory um just because i feel like if that's how it was in the data mind version i don't think we'll see it be exactly like it was in the video when it whatever it does make it to how come live because it's too easy. Ah, okay. If you look at what you had to do for the last one, for the for the golden revolver, for the double mm-hmm. action pistol, you had to like um, find a picture 
and then figure out where in the world it matched up to and mm. then do that like four or five times and then find like a random fucking cave in the woods and shit. And Rockstar is really good at creating those quests. They are. They're, where... they're fun. Like me saying it like that does not necessarily mean yeah. that it's bad. It's it's fun and it's, it's a great new way to sort of dive around and explore parts of the world that maybe you haven't at all or for a while. It also creates more, I mean, when people are looking for something for you, that creates discussion. It creates oh, effectively yeah, organic course. marketing History. out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, didn't they say there are like five points you have to go to first before you even are able to get to the hatchet? Well, so the video that they that they showed, it's, they just, it says you do five bounty missions. Mm-hmm. And like that could be it. Right. But that feels too easy. You need like a picture, like a like I, a jigsaw I need like a kind of. goddamn mystery. <laughs> um, and then the cool thing too is to unlock it in Red Dead. Allegedly, you're gonna have to do like there's a challenge for like get like 25 kills with it or something like that. Okay. Um, and the hatchet itself has it's one of the few weapons. If if what is said is true, the it's one of the only weapons that has like special properties, like oh. like buffs and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, allegedly, it has a thing where if you get a kill with it you gain invulnerability for a brief period of time oh Ooh, i really want there to be multiplayer and then a mike myers kind of like self-made choppy, community choppy. mode oh that'd be great i'd love the that hatchet. yeah absolutely. wait you mean mike myers is in halloween like yeah yeah like like yeah but have you played mike myers in like call of duty games so it's like an unofficial, I think unofficial, um, I don't think they ever made it official, but it's like an unofficial community mode where one person goes only knives and then everyone else is oh, guns. Oh, that's a, G- that's a mode in GTA oh, well, already. Okay. Like they've already got that. <laughs> well, then there you go. The, but now you can play it in free roam with a Well, now hatchet. you can play it with a hatchet. Exactly. Yeah, hatchet. Which I'm yeah. 100% going to do. Mm-hmm. Where do where do hatchets fall in the pantheon of melee weapons for y'all? Tino, where, where, hatchets top top tier, bottom tier, mid tier? Um, I would say closer to the top tier because I'm a like machete person too and I feel like they're fairly similar. Yeah. When you say I'm a machete person, is yeah. this like is this like a real life thing? Is like an in game, yeah. An in game thing? I okay. mean, you know, when I'm when I'm walking from my apartment to work, there's just tons of like jungle all around and I need to just machete my way yeah. through. Sometimes like is that not how you commute? Like yeah. yeah, exactly. I have yeah, yeah. absolutely macheted my way through a forest before. That is definitely really? yeah. Oh yeah. I, I was up in what Pisgah forest? National Forest uh, when I was a kid and up there in the national wilderness. I'm gonna tell and Smokey on you. No, I was on a I was on a uh, outward bound trip and we definitely ended up off the trail and rhododendron bushes are the worst thing in the whole wide world when you're wearing a backpack. So there was there was lots of macheteing for a couple of days. Good. We How really old were, were just you? bushwhacking. I was probably about thirteen. Okay. Maybe fourteen. You said kid and I just Im- imagined like four year old Jared with his machete like get out of my way, jungle. See, when I see four year old Jared, it's still this Jared. Just <laughs> Yeah, just really, just really shorter. Tiny. About three and a half feet. Lot, and a machete in his hair. hand. A lot more hair. Also, no, not even. No, it's like the, <laughs> no hair, full beard. Yeah, don't ruin this for him. Dewey Cox machete <laughs> fight, just like because yeah. that. that's how he kills his brother in Dewey Cox. See, they have their machete fighting as children. That's right. And, yeah. uh, God damn it. Okay, so you think close to top I would tier. say maybe hatchet one step below machete, because I just like the machete. Right. What yeah. about you, genre? Um, I mean, are we talking like, you know, I'm not gonna get like frying pan to machete. Like that, that's yeah. the thing. We're like, I'm like, when we say like, do I have like a great axe? Do I have like swords, or is it like single handed weapon? I mean, this is just your. This is just where it I would falls. say it's a mid tier weapon. It's a reserve weapon. I it's have it clipped to my belt, but okay. I'm probably using something else. Probably. Like it's not on the face button. It's not on the face button. Yeah. Right. Okay, just pulling to, it out for it's circumstantial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's the automatically it's, used weapon in my It's melee. better than a blunt weapon because it still oh, has like yeah. a sharp edge. And, and that, I'm thinking yeah. of that as the range of melee weapons. Like a baseball bat, I would take a hatchet over a baseball bat. Because oh, yeah. you can also throw well, a hatchet. You can throw a hatchet. On, it depends yeah. on what you're fighting though. Because like zombies, I don't really want a, 
a spiked weapon or a bladed weapon because it'll get stuck and they'll still be alive. Do they get stuck? What games do they get stuck in? Oh, no, I mean in like, in like real, real life. life? Yeah. Okay. Like because in, in games scenario, and also real life, you know the baseball bat's going to break. Like if the baseball bat is a yeah. metal baseball bat, absolutely. And then um, tie that around with some spikes or some barbed oh, wire or yeah, some yeah, 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 yeah. No, chain. Like, I don't baseball know. Baseball bat with a railroad spike through it is yeah. still the most yeah. efficient weapon ever created in a video game. I love that all of us, like, all of us here have a friend that throws axes for fun. Like that's her hobby. Khalil also. Like, yeah, Khalila like loves, she's, a, yeah. she's in an axe throwing league. I'm really mad that I missed signups for that. For sign up for axe. <laughs> She tried to get me to join, and I just I straight up forgot. You messed I felt up. so bad. My, my favorite thing about her being like she like we did it at this birthday party, and I was really pretty good at it. I had a knack for it, and then I signed up for their newsletter. I get an email, and it's like sign up now for our league, and get a free axe. And that's what put her over the top. She's like, why would you not get Man, a free axe? I, I took a samurai sword class because oh. they gave you a free samurai sword. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. And I learned some stuff. And then I like quit after the first was class. Because so. you got your sword. Yeah. I was like, like came here, it, got my sword and left. Yeah. Kendo, Kenjutsu, Iaido. It was know? like trendy New York, uh, New York City class. And, you know, there wasn't much beyond that. But I did learn how to properly sheathe and unsheathe a samurai sword. So cool. you kind of use your thumb as like a guiding thing. You also like swivel it around. So I, oh, I have like, a. Yeah, exactly. I have an old acquaintance who was. Uh, like he's Canadian and he lived in Japan for many years. I think he still does now. And he studied Iaido, which is the art of drawing the sword, delivering a single strike, and sheathing the sword. And you spend your whole life practicing this one action. It, it's an art form. Hmm. Um, and it's very beautiful when somebody's good at it. Uh, and you just practice. There's rhythm to it. Yeah. Genuine, yeah. like, dance style rhythm. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. But he had a, uh, usually you practice with aluminum blades and, and they're more blunt. And, but he had a friend that was doing a demonstration. You were talking about sheathing. And he missed his sheath. Uh, he That'll had, happen. And he impaled himself through wow. his side. All the way out the back of his body wow. before he realized what he'd done. Like he, he was just like so dedicated to well, his he form was just, that he, he didn't even realize. He, speed. He mm. was bringing it back in quickly and fluidly, and it went right through the fleshy part of his side. Mm. Oh. It was actually relatively uninjured. Uh, I mean, yeah, I was yeah, gonna say better than time, like straight like, through the stomach. Yeah. Right, but like that moment where you're just like you like do it. And it's like, oh. Fuck. Yeah. I have a sword sticking through. So right. it was the stupidest thing you've ever done. Like, well, <laughs> well, well funny story boy, do I have a story for you. I have a friend who shot himself through the foot with an arrow. And that's, that's a pretty good one. Oh. That's a pretty good one. You take some I work. almost got hit in the foot with a bullet. Whoa, really? Yeah. How'd that happen? Yeah. Was it your own bullet? It was my friend's bullet. Oh, yeah, nice. she never touched a gun after that. Did she just um, fire off accidentally? Or? No, she was. We were like target shooting, and she was a little nervous to like you know play around with the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not playing around. She was a little nervous to like even begin to, to handle to, gun, like handle fucking, it. it. Yeah, like it's scary. The first uh, yeah. couple of times. Yeah, I mean it kicks back. It's loud. It's you know it smells. Well, like, even just like you know holding something that you know can kill. A yeah, person. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, she was kind of angled downwards and shooting at the ground. I was telling her, man, like, pick up your shoulders, pick up your shoulders, aim, look down the sights, like aim at this thing. Um, she kept doing it. It hit a rock, ricocheted, and I heard the whiz, and it landed right in front of my foot. Like, I just sat there staring at it like, whoa, my toes almost just were blown off. I'm and so I kept glad the bullet. Yeah, you yeah, did keep right. the bullet. Yeah, I kept the bullet. Yeah, the flattened out, like, Did you bullet. save it, like, yeah. in, like, a little of frame, course. frame I was, box? Yeah, and I was oh, like, yeah. you almost shot me. And she's like, I'm never picking up a gun again. I was like, it's 
probably I a good idea. I hope you wrapped it and given it to her at some point. I should. I should. Life. It's yeah. I have it somewhere. I need to just like Another frame it really and gift it to her. Cheap gift. Yeah. I have is, all these great gift ideas. Is there any really scarier sound? <laughs> the sound of a bullet whizzing by, like on a ricochet. Oh, yeah. It, it is. It's scary because you know it's coming, but you're like, which, I don't really yeah. know which way, and I don't know if I have time, yeah. and it's yeah. just, it's an interesting feeling. That came from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know where. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline sort of along with this story is that um, my brother has a German Shepherd uh, so my parents have a cabin upstate New York this is where we like you know do our like uh, our rednecking as we call it Hell yes. um, yeah which is like the farthest thing from it but it's like how we, we go and we ride ATVs and like you know do target shooting that's pretty redneck no that's pretty yeah, that's exactly red-necking. yeah 100%. exactly um, so whenever we do skeet shooting my brother's German Shepherd loves chasing after the bullet no! and we're just like please don't do that you're gonna die one day <laughs> this is not good but he loves it he just loves to go after it yeah it's the, it's the most amazing thing he's so excited about it that's fantastic i think it's because we're engaged with it and Wait, he thinks it's like a fetch the, he's going after the bullet because after the disc or after no the after the shot. actual after the actual that's shot crazy. which you can kind of see like in the sky yeah. slow down and curve yeah um i'm also terrible at skeet shooting so so you so you trap shoot and you target shoot and um like, yeah a little bit and like okay. i'm no good like skeet shooting i just i haven't been able to like imagine the trajectories of the mm-hmm. two things and the velocities and like you know the math gets all skewed in my brain and I never make my shot but like if it's a solid target like I can use like a 9 millimeter handgun or some mm-hmm. kind of assault rifle and like make it pretty well nice yeah I yeah. enjoy shooting but I'm, I'm a terrible shot I really like it but I can't it's very possible outside of a barn to be both yeah. of those things yeah, yeah. do you have yeah. your shot John? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, only a few times. Um, I didn't really grow up in an area where it was super prevalent. Um, I never really lived in an area where it was super prevalent. But a couple of times, uh, some friends of mine and I went to the L.A. gun range or the downtown Los Angeles gun club, I think it was. The yeah, I've that. heard of that. Um, yeah, it was fun. I've never it's, just, been. it's just a big indoor shooting I range. I hate indoor shooting ranges. It was, it was, it's just like, it's just weird because it's like. A, it's next to the block where they shoot the exteriors for Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, interesting. So that's just like a weird thing. Yeah, like you, like you, a you like walk by it when you park. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, hey, there's Patty's Pub. Now let's mm-hmm. go shoot guns. <laughs> yeah. Um, that feels like a normal episode to me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like the problem is like since it's like one of the only gun ranges in L.A. that I'm aware of, mm-hmm. um, it's always really fucking busy and crowded. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. I mean, like, I think if I had the access to a wide open space and privacy I would yeah. really love it see I grew up in North uh, that's Carolina how we so that's right exactly yeah. Yeah, like that's, that's the thing you know I did archery a bit in high school and I really loved that's that that's cool um, and I would totally get back into that like there is an archery club here in San Francisco but it's fucking expensive just of course else, it's so. San Francisco yeah yeah, yeah. So there, I I, yeah there's actually there's several archery there's one not far from new, my new place in Daly City actually neat yeah field trip if they're no, cheap we should go archery. I love love shooting a bow let's do it I've never done that oh my god oh, fine. I would go. love to it, it must be really difficult though to like pull that whatever it's, string it's back not if you're just gonna go target shooting and learn your yeah. way in like okay. the, they're low draw bows you can use to, yeah. to ease your way in yes it does require because I'm a weakling so yeah. 
any like bow hunting. I have hunting a bad shoe? shoulder back situation. So, okay. Like, well, then we should. Makes you have two options. Then you can depend. I don't know if California if it's legal, but you could either use a very light draw target bow, or if crossbows are legal here, you could go for crossbow. I don't think mm. they are. Okay. I think I, I want to say I remember talking cool, to somebody who though. actively hunts though, and I don't think you can actually have a crossbow. You can't have a crossbow here. I mean, I don't think you can publicly have one. I don't know if there are like special like. Places you can that they can like exist for you to touch in the state. Yeah. Well, some places, some states, they're illegal. Some they're completely legal, and some they're legal if you can't hunt with a bow. Like if you can demonstrate you physically can't hunt with a bow. Gonna guess Bay Area, none of that yeah. is legal. <laughs> Good point. All right, I've, you know, I think that's enough on stone hatchets, crossbows, long bows, crossbow ring, yeah. compound bows, recurve bows, at all, etc. Even composite bows, D and D. All right, we'll move I on. Mean, well, we're fine. Yeah, deadly co- or heavy composite longbow is that it? Um, all right. I think they took those out for for the for, for fifth. Yeah, for I fifth think they simplified. They simplified bows. Longbow, short bow. Uh, I think there's a hunter's bow, which is just slightly different, and then there's crossbows. I love medieval longbows so much. They're, they're, yes, we'll talk. We'll have another podcast. Giant about that. six foot bow and with a hundred pound draw weight oh, that can shoot through plate armor. <laughs> I never, I never understood why a javelin would be an effective weapon, and then I was just like. You know what? No, it's the big fucking pointy stick. Yeah. Of course that's effective. Yeah, and the Romans would throw them if once people did learn to... Sh- like, if you threw them and people didn't shield wall, then they just killed them. Right. But if you did shield wall, they made the ends of their javelins so that we took your shields together if they caught them. So then your shield became an impediment instead. Mm. Like, you couldn't get it out of the shield. Interesting. And so then you've got this big heavy stick stuck mm. in your shield. Hmm. Probably knocks you back, too. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And broke the formation. They come yeah. out with their little short swords and stuff. Everyone's just in shock. Yeah. <sighs> Man, I'm really glad you're stuff. such a font of knowledge. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, no, no fonting going over here. No, Plenty whatever. of fonting. Look at all this knowledge. I had no idea that you'd almost had your toes shot off. I know. Yeah. Talk, you're talking Fun about time. over there shooting nine millimeters and assault too. rifles. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. Happy birthday! You get to <laughs> almost keep your the toes. last birthday. Yeah, exactly. Best gift ever. <laughs> you know what? While we're still on weapons, we're just gonna we're just going. This off is the a gun show. Now. <laughs> That's right. But let's talk. Let's talk Reddit guns. So, what do you what do you most want to shoot in this one? Ooh. It like in RDR game? two, yeah, RDO two in game. Uh, I know mine. So while you guys are thinking, um, I I love the Lamont because historically that's a really weird, wonderful little revolver. That's a little nine shot revolver yeah. from, but in real life the Lamont had a nine shot capacity, um, and then also had a shotgun barrel built underneath. Oh, it's Ed Harris's gun from. It's Ed Harris's gun from from Westworld. That's the Lamont revolver, and it has a kind of a mythic quality. It was used by a lot of Civil War generals because it was very rare and very expensive, hmm. and not all people had it. If it has the shotgun shell in it, I totally want to use. That's it. Yeah. Like in the first one, it didn't like have the, the shotgun shell. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you could you could click it, but yeah, like you because most handguns were single action right. in the Old West, and not in the period of Red Dead Redemption, but before that. And so you click it back, and just there's a little thing, and that mm-hmm. would, the shotgun would go off. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm super looking forward. I mean, I, I just I've always really just loved the Schofield revolver from the first one. That okay. was always my go-to. Um, it wasn't the strongest. It wasn't the most accurate, or had the most ammo. But it was just like I liked the look of it. I liked the particular sound of it the best. Um, and I think for long arms, I guess. I don't know, maybe a double barrel. Just a double barrel shotgun? They're always fun. They're always stupid. The, yeah. I hate to use the term one in the West, but it, I, people, historians have called the double barrel shotgun the gun that quote unquote won the West. It was probably the most important 
uh, firearm. Killed wow. Killed a buffalo. Yeah, then you pick the right one. Yeah. I was thinking shotgun as well, and I was I was thinking in my head, would it be a double barrel? Because typically they're a little bit more short range, right? Like that's how you oh, kind of yeah. use a double barrel. So. Depends, depends on how short the barrel is, really. A long right. barrel double barrel is not all that m- – yeah. it's actually pretty accurate. Uh, but like compared to the shotguns. Huh? How, yeah. how far out? Well, compared to other shotguns, right. it's okay. just as accurate. So yeah. it breaks like the three meter range. Yeah. Right. Well, shotguns on TV operate different than real shotguns. Oh, That's yeah. some of it. Like shotguns are useful at much greater ranges than they appear to be on television. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, so that's that's kind of the reason why. I'm, I mean, I'm mostly like a long-range person, so mm-hmm. if I can get my hands on a sniper rifle, I prefer to like take care of something further yeah. behind, normally in games. Um, but the shotgun is just so reliable and satisfying. It's just, like, it's yeah. just fucking cool. Yeah. Like, there's something about like walking along a wood-planked sidewalk, just like snap it open, yep. dump them out, yeah. put one in, put a second one in, cock it back into place. Yep. Like That's just fucking bad. Yeah. Arnold's lever-action shotgun from Terminator 2 is a real Old West shotgun. Yes. And I think Love that those. thing's cool because you just got the cool like yeah. big yeah. lever-action flip Here's the thing, thing on if it. If I can ride a horse and do the lever yeah. cock, like 100%. I'm if you can look here. cool with it, then that's the one we want. Right. Like it's, basically, oh man, if I could do the T two fucking chase, but on horseback and wagons, that's I'm fucking into. Well, it. I want I want True Grit. I mean, there's that amazing. So you you seen the original True Grit? No, Either of y'all? Long, 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 long time. So it it is like John Wayne at the height of his powers, actually being really great in that movie. He's he's wonderful in that film, and that's a great movie in general. But there's this incredible scene where he's just across a meadow. He's horribly outnumbered, and for a good purpose to help some other people escape. He just puts the reins in his teeth, and he's doing the cock the cock the rifle spinning while running thing. It's this really iconic, beautiful Great. scene. It's such a multitasker, right? Yeah, John Wayne, who boy, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, so that's bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. That's what Robert Duvall tells him. Hmm. Um, bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. Good. All right, we'll move on. Oh, and the Winchester repeater, because it's one. Winchester. Winchester, just all American. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Hi, we're back, and it's science fiction. Tina? I know. What's going on here? <laughs> okay, so I've changed clothes. You've changed clothes. I've, I'm a full different person, actually. Wow, really? JR was sitting here before, and I've morphed. Into him. Yeah, and that's wow. why I'm wearing a different shirt, because okay. it's a combination. So you're actually, you're actually John Ryan? Yeah. Oh, wow. I can't channel him. It's no, not going to work. Yeah, not going to do it? I can't do Well, it. you'd have to have a beer first off. Yeah. I, I think that's... This is just fizzy water. And, and I do love a good fizzy water. Yeah. Nice we bonded over that. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to LaCroix. There we go. Uh, yeah. But so what's happened is I screwed up in the power preparation needs for our episode. The camera screwed up. Okay. The camera failed you. We went a lot longer than I originally anticipated because we were having a great time and we lost the ability to record the rest of the episode. So now it's the next day. Mm-hmm. And Tina, because it's a time warp, very strange things have happened things in the last 12 happened. hours or yeah. so. <laughs> this is the problem with the constantly churning news cycle. It's like you record an opinion and then, oops, that's different. So we had this discussion about, is the stone hatchet real? What's coming? Well, turns out. Wouldn't you know it? It is. <laughs> as of course. Reported, of course, the next day. Too. It's reported by IGN.com. You've heard of them, Who's right? that? IGN, yeah. yeah. The Imagine Games Network, I We don't believe. call it that anymore. No, no. But it's I, I, the IGNA. The IGNA? Yeah. What's the IGNA? That's just what we call it. It's not even an acronym anymore. You can't spell excellent without IGN? It's like, how do you pronounce PUBG? How do you pronounce IGN? So it's IGNA. IGNA. IGNA, okay. Or maybe the N is silent. It's just IG. IG. 
Ig- oh, I like or, that. Or in. It's in. in. Of course it's in. It's like in. The G yeah. is silent? Yeah, the G is silent. Because why would the N be silent? That so made no sense. That's it's in. Go to a, an entertainment news yeah. site called in.com. In. In.com. That's not confusing at all. I wonder what is in.com is. Is it in.com? Is it inn.com? What do you think in.com is? No one would guess ign.com. In.com. I mean, inn.com is an in. Okay. In.com. I'm checking it yeah. right now. Yeah, this is, a good, this is a good point, actually. Okay, in.com. Yeah, it's just a list of ins. It is, in fact, a list of ins. Actually, yeah, it's a. Uh, it looks like somebody trying to sell a site that's supposed to be. Oh, about is it like ends. a domain squatter? Yeah, it looks like uh, it. Of course, it looks like it. Just but there's okay. the Washington, the Alaska, Vermont, in California. I mean, maybe it's. it looks like a database of ins. It's like related links. Yeah. No, I think it's fake. Okay, so what so about in dot com? Wait, that is going to be. I could see that being a domain squatted situation Let's too. Let's see what we have here. I end up, Oh wait. Oh no. Ooh, no. Oh no. It's a, a site about. Oh shit. Well, the first thing that popped up was a picture of Osama bin Laden. Which is confusing. Um, okay. What year is it? Uh, going down to the bottom. Has this not been updated in a while? This is... Oh, in.com India. Oh. It says... Is it a... Huh. It's, a, it's like the it's like Drudge Report of India. There's a bunch of Bollywood news here on the bottom. Sure. Yeah, that's okay. big there. A lot of Indian news, it looks like. Um, yeah. Lot, okay. I'm not quite sure what Mr. Bin Laden has to do with yeah. that. But oh, I see some interview from him. Oh, it's an interview. Mother. Okay. Okay. You know well, so, that's what that is. That's not what I was expecting at all. Not I either. The last thing I expected at in.com yeah. was I was slightly afraid it would turn out to be inappropriate. Yeah. I'm very happy that didn't happen. Inappropriate? Oh. Well punned indeed. So from IGN or in.com or whatever it's called from uh, Colin Stevens, finding the stone hatchet melee weapon in Grand Theft Auto Online will unlock in Red Dead Redemption 2 once it's released later this year. In order to find the stone hatchet in GTA Online, players must keep an eye out for texts from Maud Eccles. She'll set bounty targets for players to collect and collecting this will unlock the location and completing this will unlock the location of the stone hatchet. Once players have it, they can complete a kills challenge that'll earn them 250,000 bucks in GTA Online and also unlock the weapon in Red Dead Redemption 2 when it's released for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One October 26th. Isn't that like to the T what the data mining files revealed? I believe so, yes. I believe so. That seems, yeah. about, that seems pretty much a, a well done data miners. Yeah. See, it's always right because it's there. It's just a matter of is this something they turned off or is this something they're keeping it? Yeah, when you find it in the code, you're like, is this, this was obviously planned at some point. Is it real? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Data miners, they do us all a service. They do. You know, they give us something to think about in a dry July, early August kind of a month. They kind of, they pour through the ones and zeros to give us hope. Yeah. It's exciting. I, I couldn't do it, so I'm glad someone is. I salute you, Dana Miners. But yeah, Stone Hatchet's real. You going to yeah. run around in Michael Myers mode now? Yeah, I mean, if it's official or unofficial, I think it should happen. Okay. Either way. Either it's way. It's a fun mode. <laughs> and you said originally, like, when you played it, it was just kind of an impromptu thing you did, right? Yeah, when I played it. Well, this was, like, back in Call of Duty days. And by yeah. Call of Duty days, I mean when I played Call of Duty uh, pretty religiously. So that was something that was unofficial that we would play. Um I mean, it's it's unofficial in the sense that it wasn't an actual mode, but there were like options for you to turn these things on or yeah. off and kind of like create official rules. So it wasn't like it was you were playing by some kind of like you know honor code. Yeah. Um, but house but yeah. rules. Yeah, exactly. No, I love house rules and games. Yeah. Uh, Smash Brothers is great mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, exactly. You just kind of create your own. I'm really hoping there's a way I can play items on, but only Sukapon, so that every item is Sukapon yeah. in the yeah, new yeah. stuff. I've been holding out for Sukapon to be in Smash Brothers for a very long time. What's Ultimate looking like? 
he's going to be there. He's an yeah, item. For yeah, the first time, go. we get super, super pumped. There you go. Your dreams are coming yeah, true. I wanted him to be a fighter, but I'll accept it. He's just, he's Nintendo's first fighting game character. Why isn't mm-hmm. he a fighting game character right. in Nintendo's fighting game throwback game? The, the, like, the fighting game fighting game. Yeah. Yeah. And he's their first fighter. So why isn't he a fighter? Well, me, there you go. He's a little pink blob. I think that's kind of right. Like, but still, like, I think he's cute. You ever play a Joe Mac fight? I haven't. Should I? Well, we'll, we can make that happen. We should. If you'd like to. We have many gaming and other plans that we have to get to now. It's true. Now we've gone to this whole list. We've made a lot of plans. I think it's good. Yeah? We're going to go through full research. It's like a full research. Yeah. Full research plan. (laughs) So we're going to follow through with this? We should. I mean, you're telling me I should play it. Yeah. You have access to it. I do. I have it. I have then it we sitting on happen. my shelf. I've got a Retron 5. We We've can got a run TV into back HMI, here. Get a Frame Meister, plug it in. Oh, we do have it. Ooh, yeah. Wow, that's that's why it's here this whole time. Yeah. Joy Mech Fight, friends. It's <laughs> fun. Oh, man. Now I'm just going back to like bitterness, trying to get it on the top 125 Nintendo games of all time list. Top 125? So for the, uh, I think, if I remember correctly, uh, when I first started working here, um, it was like the 125th anniversary of Nintendo. Mm, okay. So we made Let's Plays, 125 Let's Plays mm-hmm. of the 125 best Nintendo games. That and makes I, sense. I was advocating hard for Joy Mech Fight to make it somewhere on that list. Mm-hmm. but No dice? Not no even dice. 125th? I believe Jose told me it could be 126 in my heart. Ah, uh, that's the that's the total, <laughs> like, fuck off answer. <laughs> You're not getting it, and I'm just placating you. Answer. I think so too, but but yeah, you know we update those all the time, so you can still make your case. Okay, how can I do that? Well, if I play it, You're the I boss. might be able to support your case. That's right. Yeah, oh. it's all coming together. I've got friends in high the places. Evil plan. Excellent. All right, that's what Red Dead Radio is all a front for. This yeah, song. exactly. Just a ploy to get this done. So because of the time warp, God knows yes. when we're coming in and out, who, when you're seeing John, when he'll magically appear, when yeah. he'll disappear in a jump cut, who knows? But we're here, Tina, you're here especially to talk about some pretty spectacular stuff. I'm, I'm yeah. really, really, you are, now I didn't tell you this before you came on, you prepared for the show meticulously, which I, I As appreciate. I do with all things. Which I appreciate. It's too much. It's crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> During E3, one of one of my guests, uh, uh, Yami Avendano mm-hmm. uh, from Twinfinite, was on, and she kept kind of changing the different stuff she wanted to talk about because mm-hmm. she would get excited. Because that's, do you know Yami? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she not just, personally, but yeah. She gets energetic and off she goes. Mm-hmm. It's great. And so one of her choices kind of overlaps with yours. Oh, really? Yeah, but hers was very just like ultra hyperactive uh-huh. and I'm really looking forward to, to seeing perhaps a, a, a different take on right, it as well. Right, the dichotomy of, yeah. of uh, our enthusiasm. Which one is it? Well, we talk here on Red Dead a lot about Westerns, but we're just going to go straight. Straight to the good stuff? To the Wild Wild West. That's the one. I knew it was going to be that way. Yeah, that she, so she, this is actually a terrible movie. Okay. I mean, it's it's interesting because I was thinking like, what are the Westerns that maybe didn't like leave an impression on me, but I didn't have like that classical kind of experience with it. Like I think I appreciate some of the classics, but it wasn't like I was voraciously consuming them and watching them as a kid and, and, you know, kind of connecting to them. But Will Smith nineties, you know, is kind of my era of being a kid. And, and it was his era, almost his heyday back before he became more of like a serious actor, you know, mm-hmm. it's back when he was doing, theme songs for his movies which mm-hmm. was just such a good time right oh what's your what's your uh, favorite will smith movie theme um song? 
Well, I, not, I mean, I would say Men in Black, mm-hmm. but I actually really like The Pursuit of Happiness. Like, I think he did oh. a really good job. But it's not the kind of Will Smith I'm talking about. That's the more new age Will Smith. Okay. But I just really like that movie. I thought he did a good job. And I really like that um, it was his son that was his son yeah. in the movie. And I really like that he made his son audition for the role. And it wasn't just like this nepotism kind of thing. It just worked really well. Yeah, exactly. Like, they just had that kind of dynamic. So I really like that movie, but... But it's Men in Black, right? Like, it has to be. Yeah, so, so can you sing any of it for us? Sorry? Can you sing any of that theme for us? Um, no. No? I thought, I thought I'd give it a try. Every now you and then. You do it. You're better at this. No! I'm I trying to remember what the lyrics even are. I'd say, um, here come the Men in Black. Yeah. Galaxy Defenders. Uh-huh. Here come. Yeah, I, I should not try to do this. This is a bad, bad We should idea. just put it on YouTube right now. We and, could. And just yeah. Put, I'm pretty sure we'll get a takedown notice. Probably. Although, we... Do occasionally go straight to the wild, wild guest on this this program, but let's head back mm-hmm. to let's head back to the wild, wild. So first off, yeah. you did have the Italian song, he and did, yes. that hook, like it just like wraps it wraps the whole Will Smith package in a it's Will in S- a '90s bow. You right, know? you got Will Smith, you got Drew Hill there, mm-hmm. you got our friend of the show Cisco hooking in there, just for that wonderful but yeah. That wild, wild West gets in your head. There's no escape. Yeah. So that's 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 Will Smith leading it, but then the film. Kevin Klein, mm-hmm. Will Smith, Kevin, Bra- Kevin Branagh, Selma Hayek. That's Interesting kind of your, combo. Yeah, that's kind of your core crowd. Yeah. As a kid watching this, uh, what was the appeal? What What made you want to watch this movie? Was it just the presence of Will Smith? Or? I think it was probably predominant, because I like all of those characters, but I think predominantly he was such a specific kind of character, and he mm-hmm. wasn't even, I forget his um, in the movie his name. Jim West. Jim Desperado. West. Yes, that's right. Um, he, it wasn't even like Jim West so much as it was Will Smith just being Will Smith. Yeah. And there's something super charismatic about him, um, kind of like, you know, gallivanting around and, and being really conceited and, um, but in a like, uh, kind of a suave way. Um, but I, I like the dynamic cause it's kind of like a buddy cop film in a way with, between the two of them Ooh. that they, isn't it like they're, they're partners they they work for the government yeah. and, um, they're, they're taking on crime essentially different personalities but they work well together it, like, they yeah like they each clash other. but they yeah but they don't work well together they they i mean they do work well together but they do clash and their personalities clash but they learn from one another there's even a little bit of character arc involved but it's a super cheesy movie i mean i could talk about anything super seriously and dissect like um, character motivations and uh, their progression and in their morality and how they've bonded as friends, but ultimately it's still a pretty cheesy movie. So what's the draw of it? You, you said at the beginning this is a stupid movie, or you, yeah. did you say stupid or bad? You said bad movie. Um, cheesy, goofy, silly. Like okay. it's a bad movie. Yeah, it's kind of because it's not it's not the kind of thing where. I would put it on any top lists. Mm-hmm. I think it's the kind of thing where if it was on, like if I was at my parents' house, because I don't have cable, but if I, my parents do. So if I was at my parents' house and I'm f- flipping through the channels, I would probably like leave it on okay. if Wild Wild West was on. What are we going to do enjoyable? for our children? Like our parents all have cable know, and none of us yeah. do. We're just going we to have to like cable? create a schedule where you put things on Netflix and you're like, oh, this just happens to be on. Okay, and you just leave just it Just so running. that they can get the experience, you know? Wow. Or maybe, yeah. they'll, just, maybe they'll move away from television completely. I like, think, like, I mean, I've moved away from cable completely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't so, have cable. Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't know many people who do. 
I, except uh, my parents. It's like a thing that your parents I just, have. I just feel like we should have it for the sake of our children, but maybe not. Just to have that flipping through the channels experience. Or maybe they'll have cable and they'll be like, what's wrong with you with streaming? Like, but it is cool because they don't have to live through things that we live through like... Maybe you don't have to subject yourself to Wild Wild West for the 15th time just because it's on TV. Maybe if nothing good is on TV, you put it down and you go play a game or you read a book or, you know, go hang out with friends or something. So I think it's probably a little too intoxicating to have that. Like, I can just sit here and watch this in the background, I guess. Instead of having to hate watch something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because you're, you're going to sit down to watch something because you want to watch something. But that's also a total lie because I have things running in the background like at all times mm -hmm. uh, just for the white noise of it. So well, I guess the, that's the equivalent. So you have these memories of Wild Wild West then. I mean, is this a movie you're going to go back and watch? Like, do, do you find a, a glee to it? No, I mean, I, I rewatched it recently in preparation and I still don't remember so many details about it. But don't worry um, about that. It it's was, not a particularly memorable movie. It's, it's really not. I mean, there are a couple memorable moments, uh -huh. um, but it's really not. And it's, uh, it, it's not even particularly funny if you're talking about it from like a dialogue point of view, but just like the dynamics and of the characters and like the situations they get themselves into, um, and just the like, like the sheer ridiculousness of, of it all because it's it is a western and this is like a theme with my selections is that it is a western but it's got this kind of spin to it. It's okay. this like steampunky western. Um, with a like this fantasy kind of element, it definitely has that. And is that I mean, without just writing it and writing it, because some people really do enjoy it. What's what's the appeal? What are those standout moments? What makes it stick for you? Um, I would say partially like the the gadgets, like the creativeness of the, of some of the gadgets. So mm -hmm. just seeing how that plays out. Even um, General McGrath, like his because his ear got blown off, and yeah. I think Loveless made that. Uh, weird thing that filters like earwax out of his ear and it's mm. it's so gross but it, it's like a comic book moment it's just a thing that who would have envisioned that if not in a cartoon so it's like this live action movie but it has these like goofy kind of comic booky elements like the big spiders like tank thing like yeah. who's coming up with that like that's something that you wouldn't really see I think very frequently yeah I think we talked about this in the other show but that spider was actually a, a, the story is that it came from one of the producers that was supposed to work on the Nick Cage Superman Mm. And he was just obsessed with having a giant robotic spider in one of his movies. And they're like, and, God damn it, we have to use this for something. We paid they, for it. That is apparently what yeah. happened. That's the it's story I've great. heard. Yeah. yeah I, well, they put it to good that, use. No. Yeah, it's a giant robot yeah. spider. You, people remember it. And there was that little tie-in where they're at the campfire and they see the wasp going after the spider. And then I think Will Smith is the one that sells some story about how he grew up seeing that. And then that's their genius idea of how to take on the spider. So it's kind of like this ah. child book like learning moment. In a, in a weirdly violent way um, but it's it's just you know it's those little things so is it is it ripe for a revival uh, in terms of like a sequel or, or like a no, reboot like, could or you just watch watching another it again? wild wild west movie I mean if, so, let's say so a like a sequel um, or do you think it's just one we should leave behind I, it, it almost feels like it's not a genre that we don't really do anymore but I feel like our like media has gotten either incredibly dumb or incredibly much more thoughtful mm -hmm. and serious like film um, from them we don't have that like middle ground really anymore I feel ah. 
you know, like, so I, I like a lot of stuff will just be ridiculously stupid, like a lot of like reality TV shows. So we have that spectrum of media, and then we have the spectrum of like something like Have you seen Lion the movie? Just off the top of my head, like okay. something a little bit more grounded and serious and real, and makes you reflect. Um, just like more serious themes, more serious directing, mm-hmm. uh, more serious tone. Or, like, you have that other spectrum, like, the pure idiocy of, of a thing. But I don't know that you have that kind of... Or maybe I just haven't sought it out or been interested in picking it up, and so I'm completely missing it. But I don't really feel like you have that middle ground genre of um, of a movie that's, like, enjoyable, but uh, but not particularly, like, anything you would take something away from or, or you know, something that was over-the-top stupid. Where does something like, let's say, the Marvel movies fall in that spectrum for you? So I was actually thinking Marvel movies in my brain because a lot of them are excellent, um, but there are some that are kind of middle tier mm-hmm. that are just like, yeah, that was fun. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I would I would maybe watch that again on a plane or I, something. I, I think a few of them are terrible. I yeah. think some of them are great. Uh, yeah. I, I, I actually some are think, great, yeah. I think a few are legitimately awful. But Yeah. Uh, what's the what's the awful one for you? Well, the worst one. I Okay, so I... I get in trouble with my audience uh, for this. Uh, not not the worst one. The worst one is Iron Man 2. I, I think yeah. that's, in my opinion, Iron Man 2 is bad. I thought the universal worst one is The Incredible Hulk, which I haven't seen. I think that the Hulk's worth watching. It's not good. Really? But it's better than Iron Man 2. Yeah. I think when we, I, I, like we ran a poll for which one was the worst one. You could probably pull it up, but we did it recently. Okay. Um, and I think The Incredible Hulk was, if not bottom, like second to last. Let's see what that would have got it. Because the other Yeah, part, we did like a staff poll and then we did a reader poll. So I also get in a lot of trouble for this one. Because, yeah, here's the poll results. How you ranked the Marvel yeah. movies. What do we got here? All right. So, oh, look, it's by Sam Claiborne. He was talking about Wild Wild West earlier. Okay, so people... Number one is probably Infinity War. uh, Let's see. Oh, people really hated The Dark World. Thor The Dark World. Oh, yeah, that's the other one. Yeah, then The the Incredible Hulk. Then Iron Man 3, which I think is actually underrated. uh, Mm. And then Iron Man 2. Yeah, so most of us are pretty... So, yeah, it's about in the realm. I think Thor's better, but, like, I... I, Thor Ragnarok was... Fun. I like I like Ragnarok a lot. I yeah. like the first Thor. Um, I didn't see the first Thor. Yeah, Ragnarok's better, but yeah, uh, but that's like, why I just didn't bother. I, I I hate I hate both both Civil War and, oh, and Winter and Soldier. And American and Winter Soldier. I think they're both terrible. Really? I think that they are incredible set pieces. For no wonder awful you get movies. in trouble with your audience. <laughs> no, I, they're 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 astounding feats. Of action filmmaking, yeah. but they I guess that's that's don't the hold tier. up well with it. Like yeah. the, the story is not worthy of everything. The Marvel movies are so clever at their best, mm-hmm. and neither of those movies is clever. Yeah, like um, the what was the most recent one? Was it Ant Man Two? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think Ant-Man that was the, the Wasp, one that yeah. was uh, most recently released. And like, I was surprised. I didn't like the first one. I did not like the first one, but I just didn't like the first one. But this one, like, I was really surprised by the dialogue writing. It was pretty clever. The first Ant-Man was just like, I don't know, I guess Paul Rudd. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Well, I, I, I really do feel like most of them are, are good. They're enjoyable, wonderful middle tier movies. But I, I do get, or some of them are great movies. I, mm-hmm. I still think The Avengers is a great movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, Is Infinity War not your, like, top I collection? liked it. I liked it. But I, th- I would rather watch The Avengers than Infinity I War. I think we're definitely running off of a bias of like this just came out and the you know stuff that happened no spoilers mm-hmm. was crazy it's just like lingers on your mind like I immediately wanted to see it, see it a second time yeah 
I, but also because my companion seeing it the first time was not that great. It's a very good movie. Yeah. Like, I don't want to take away from it at all. It is a but we could be running off movie. of that high. But but uh, I, I do think the first... And there's several... I, I think... Um, I mean, Black Panther is incredible. Mm-hmm. That's a really good movie. Um, uh, Guardians is great. The first Guardians yeah. is fantastic. There's a bunch of good ones. The Ragnarok's great. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt like uh, I felt like now I'm going to be grumpy. Civil War is... You know, it's just like, here are the, all these incredible characters we come to love... And they're like, and now we're going to fight. And we're not really sure why, except we know it'll make a good movie right. scene. Yeah. But and it's kind of like the segue to the other movies. Hurt? Yeah. And the bad guy's plan is like, I'll lure these people to this layer that I know that they'll come to, except I don't know they'll come to it. Right. Because I don't. Nothing that's actually happening makes well, I sense. I like the concept of the, that because those those two movies were the beginning of the rift between like the Avengers, right? Yeah. And I, I think that's cool because... In a way, it makes a lot of sense because you do have Tony Stark who's, like, going to be the loudest mouth there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, all of these people are, like, they have superpowers or they're gods. Like, there's no way they're all just sitting around, like, yes, Tony, all the time. Like, there's, there, yeah. just ha- there had to be a rift at some point. I like the idea of a rift. I just thought that their solution to the rift being let's all punch each other now. Right. And not understand we're going to kill someone. Yeah, that's, that's true. Like, yeah. They, it, it did seem a little... And I have complaints about... Um, about like character motivations being contingent on like it's just let's create drama and instead of thinking about how that drama might actually naturally unfold it's just like let's just create the drama just punch him in the face like let's get rid of it and winter soldier had some of that too where it's yeah. like they literally have a dr evil like a, a over elaborate yet easily escapable death trap right yeah they have, yeah they have people whispering Hail it's, Hydra they're just setting other. themselves up for these things but essentially incredible action directing i don't want to yeah. take away from yeah that. definitely sequences are i guess that is the middle tier then the middle <laughs> tier middle does t- exist it does exist. and it's winter soldier no <laughs> we're we're gonna die we're gonna get shot so. i don't know what the most middle i don't know what the most middle marvel movie is what's the most middling of all for you um i don't know i think like Thor Ragnarok was really cute and all, but it just, like, I would never want to rewatch it. Oh, okay. Necessarily. Which is funny because I think I have watched it a second time, but this is like plain rules where, you know, your normal taste does not apply. You know, I, we didn't plan this segment at all, but I would be remiss not to point out that um, I, wouldn't, I work a lot with Kind of Funny, and they have a show called MCU in Review, mm-hmm. where they went through every one of these and ranked them one by one. Mm-hmm. You can watch the show and, and rank through them. So that's definitely uh, definitely one to check out. They're wrong. Their list is completely wrong. What's but, their middle tier? I don't know what's right in the middle for them. I just know that they picked all the wrong best <laughs> Right. Just whatever uh, was wrong is yeah, what they whatever picked. Whatever Greg thinks about superheroes yeah. movies is generally You can wrong. just safely say, yeah. 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 Sorry, Greg. Sorry, All right. Greg. Well, we move on from that. So back yeah. to Wild. <laughs> back to Wild. Well, the important conversation yeah. here. Yeah. I, I like that you're cool with tangents. Yeah. I like tangents. Of course. I mean, that's the natural, like, you know, flow of a conversation, right? Yeah. I think that's yeah. what people are here for. If they're yeah. not here from tangents, they're going to tell us. We'll yes. But that's only one Western. So that Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West. Mm-hmm. But then you warmed my heart. With this next one, mm-hmm. the uh, the Robert Rodriguez classic mm-hmm. from Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah, written yeah. by I don't know I'm Quentin pretty... Tarantino. Oh, of course, duh. written by Quentin Tarantino, and, and, directed by Robert, Rodriguez. and also performed in by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah who Which plays a weird. pretty horrible character. A pretty horrible character. Yeah. yeah, he's not a nice man in that. Movie. No, yeah. Well, he has problems. Yeah, he's he's he doing has some significant. Bad stuff. Yeah, significant and, problems. And things don't don't end so well for him in that either. They don't, and they like. I was thinking about it because I also rewatched that one recently, and I was thinking about how 
can we spoil? I mean, we can spoil them. Yes, that we're going to like spoil from, from Dust Till Dawn. Yes, right? so we're going to we're going to nineties. Yeah, yeah, from the nineties. Yeah, that makes sense that I pick all nineties things. Uh, but uh, yeah, he he like. But he needed to, his storyline needed to end that way, I mm-hmm. think. And it's a little sad because, um, you know, there's, he's a brother figure and, you know, his older brother's t- trying to take care of him this whole time and trying to be there for him, trying to give him second and third and fourth and fifth chances, uh, really believing in him. But I think even he realizes it in the end that, like, this is probably for the best. This is what I deserve, yeah. yeah. Because he just does something simply unthinkably yeah. horrible. Yeah, like he has massive, massive issues. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so you see, it's just like, yeah. and it, it is, it's just an atrocious act. Mm-hmm. And then he does kind of get his just desserts. But I'm interested, like, both of your picks so far have been... They're so wildly earlier, different. They are wildly different, but they're both grounded in alternative Wests. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that There's, is my theme. They're not a historical grounding, yep. particularly. So what is it that makes this a, a Western? So it's it's a lot of things outside of like the general setting where it's like this dusty, vague, southern kind of uh, landscape. It's also like the kind of anti-hero archetype that um, George Clooney plays to. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's kind of like, he's got this bravado kind of um, personality. Um, you know, he doesn't really operate. He has some morals and you can see that when he's connecting to Jacob uh, the the preacher or reformed right. preacher or whatever he is in the movie, um, you can see it when he's connecting to him and saying like you have my word, you know. So he has these like honorable moments, but at the same time he's a thief and he operates on his own justice system. Right, and he's protecting like, his brother who's an absolute monster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he has like this like familial bond and this bond to honesty uh, and his word and like you know all these kind of like masculine. Uh, ideas, but at the same time, he's he's a rebel and he operates on his own rules. And when he goes into the bar and someone tells him, like you know, uh, I, I don't remember if anyone told him to, that's my seat, but like that's the kind of thing he would react viscerally. Yeah, against. yeah. There's there's a lot of like there's a, it literally is the gunslinger walking into the tavern. I mean, most yeah. of the movie is set in the bar room. Yeah, it's and, like the saloon. Yeah, it's the saloon. Yeah, it's, it really is. He's a gunslinger. It's a saloon. There's yeah. a cast of archetypical characters. There's the there's the retired preacher who's maybe lost his faith mm-hmm. and there's the children and there's the gunfighter and there's the, the kind of the monsters. It, it's it, it practically a few dollars more. Yeah. Uh, that kind yeah, of Lee Van Cleef and, uh, even the bikers, play. they're just like other gunslingers and, and mm-hmm. like bounty hunters and other people who've just found themselves just these like big, tough, don't want to mess with them kind of characters that are in this same bar at the same time. Until, until they realize there are other people at the bar, and they are not really people. They are. They are vampires. That's right, because what a good Western needs is vampires. Yeah, exactly. We've been arguing this. I, you've watched some Red Dead Radio. Mm-hmm. Our hope is that Undead Nightmares mm-hmm. is the eventual online mode expansion. Yeah. There's a giant werewolf vampire. You know, if, I want Twilight. Just with go cowboys. full on. I was gonna yeah. say, just go full on Twilight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, full Twilight here. Yeah, yeah. I want it so bad. Yeah. It could be an interesting mix. I mean, I actually um, sadly never played on Dead Nightmare. I don't know why. It was just one of those things where it came out. I was busy doing other things. And then people said it was good. And I was like, I'll do it. And then, you know, onto the backlog it goes. Well, it's a very clever way for them to, in an era when, I mean, GTA has an interesting online, or pardon me, not GTA, Red Dead Radio. 
Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption has an interesting online mode, but it was a way for them to reuse assets in the story mode in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, they could use all the character models and locations and just change everything up story-wise and effectively make a second game without having to make a bunch of new assets. It's really cool. And it did it really well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's kind of how GTA Online did it. They took the same settings and the Mm -hmm. same models and were able to, and then they just built on top of it new material. I suspect they might do that with Red. We want some vampire assets. Who doesn't want some We want some undead assets. Yeah. I love that stuff. But yeah, it does make for like a weirdly fitting combination. And I like it because instead of having, because in the beginning you have like the bikers and the truckers and whatever, you know, like I'm more strong than you, kind of like dick measuring contest between all of them. Right. But by the end of it, they bond together. And I really like that because they they all like have this visceral like dislike of these vampires. Um, and it's not Twilighty in the sense that like they're not these sexy vampires no. either. They're gross. Even Salma Hayek, who's beautiful, mm-hmm. um, especially in that movie, but like she turns into a similarly gross vampire. And it's 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 not about like a romanticization of vampires. It's just about like an us versus them thing where the the humans can bond together. And they actually do a, an amazing job. And I like that too because vampires are traditionally like they're immortal and they have super strength and and all these other like really grand uh qualities that would make them theoretically like invincible to well they kind of are to humans yeah but even these like you know mere mortals because they're just tough and like um you know they're kind of violent and they have all these like weird gadgets and guns and like you know whatever knives hidden in places they bond together immediately and they kick ass yeah it's great it, it, you you find yourself rooting for them almost despite yourself that yeah. they are they're smart they're tough they're fun they they and then you have the weird folks in the bar that can, it never gets too serious you have tom yeah. savini as sex machine yeah so that's the funny thing i was just thinking about him too because he goes and he rescues um the daughter uh and at, at one point and you're kind of like you're like oh man it's like such a cute bonding moment like he came and saved her and she's like oh yeah my name is i forget her her name in the movie yeah. she's like yeah my name is whatever sarah maybe oh, who cares? um and uh and then he turns around and he's like yeah sex machine just like totally straight faced exactly but you can tell like maybe in another setting he would have grossly hit on her or something ew, and so it's like ew. it's a situation where you remember who these two characters are i don't want to think about but, that like, but it's juliette the, lewis right Ju- yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Uh. but the thing that the thing is that like in this context where there are vampires are just like all right we have to set aside all of our social bullshit shit because we might die tonight and we're just remembering that we're humans and we have each other's backs because we're humans but then of course it comes full circle and it comes back around because when sex machine gets bitten he selfishly hides that from the group i've never understood that by the way the hiding it from the group yeah thing. it's like you know you're gonna die yeah and you're just gonna screw everyone else over in the process yeah i love sean of the dead but when sean's mom is like bitten like why doesn't she yeah i mean i get it fear i guess but i don't know you just gotta tell people i think I think what it might come down to is, um, you ever been sick and then someone treats you like a sick person? Yeah. Yeah. I think it comes down to maybe that. Do you not it's like, like me to be treated by as a sick person? Well, it depends if it's like someone's like, oh, you know, you should, because I, I do the respectful thing of like, I'm not going to go and hug someone and smother my germs all over them. Okay. But, but some people react also the other way of like, oh, you're sick. Like, don't even look my way. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, entirely. exactly. Because you're, you're never going to get sick in your, in your life too. Like it's going to happen. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. When I'm sick, I am I'm the most giant baby. And yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I, I it's just, I'm just like, so. 
good somewhere. Yeah. Care for me. Yeah. I can't move. It's so that's like, if someone's say? gonna treat you like a sick person in that way, where they take care of you and like here's some Advil or whatever yeah. it is that you need. That's great. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they don't want to be treated as like the the bitten because it's dehumanizing. Yeah. You don't want to be tri- treated as just as uh, I was gonna say zombie. You don't want to be treated as just a vampire bite. You want to be treated as the person who's about to die from a vampire bite. Makes and sense. I don't think that From Dust Till Dawn would get that deep with no, it. I think no. it was just like sex machine. He doesn't care about anybody but himself, probably. <laughs> so that's why he and did his, that. His codpiece revolver. Um, yeah, exactly. There's those little gimmicks that keep it funny. But yeah. the vampires are gross and awesome. Yeah. And the end is exciting. And Robert Rodriguez is one of my favorite method filmmakers. Like the, the way that he makes movies kind of very very chopped together and and very he makes them quickly and he makes them dirty and i like that style of filmmaking a lot and dust till dawn is probably my favorite expression of that Mm. um i do you like any of his other work or is it really um give me some he did sin city oh yeah uh, el mariachi Mm. uh uh, once upon a time in mexico Mm -hmm. that stuff yeah, Once Upon a Time in Mexico and Sin City, yeah. Okay, that's, that's yeah. him too. Mm-hmm. Um, and all and all the Spy Kids movies. Uh, that's, oh, yeah. that's interesting. Shark Boy and Lava Girl, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, I, I know I watched one or two of those at one point. He made it for his kids. <laughs> okay. He made, literally just made, he, he would tell his kids these stories yeah. at night mm-hmm. and he made movies out of them. because That's pretty great. Yeah, but not like George Lucas where like, he ruined everything. Right, like, yeah. Different. It's cool to have that as a dad though. What, like George Lucas? Or just someone who can, like, let me tell you these stories. Actually, I'm going to turn it into this, like, multi-million dollar, like, film franchise. Yeah. Just for you. Be all right with that. Yeah. Man. It's like, you see that? That's my movie. Yeah. I I just like water parks. (laughs) Uh, You like water parks? I love them. Hate roller coasters, but love water parks. Expound. So... I used to, when I was a kid, I loved roller coasters. I'd be the first one, like, once you're down, I'd be the first one right back up on the line. Okay. Um, cannot handle them anymore, turns out. And I had to learn that the hard way, by the way, because I had no idea. And a group of my college friends and I, we did some kind of, like, you know, reunion that we organized between each other uh, and decided to go to Six Flags. And I was a trooper, might I say. I went to, on several, it was, like, Six Flags in New Jersey, and I went on several of the rides one was your feet are dangling, mm-hmm. and so you get like turned around on your oh, side quite okay. a few times. I remember I had to like I had to like kind of talk myself down from freaking oh. out on the because I just wasn't feeling well. So I was just like, "You can do this, you can do this." I kind of like psyching myself out in my head. Um, then tried two others, and it did not end well. Your body so. just reacted physiologically differently. Yeah, basically. like I just get nauseated apparently now oh, wow. um, from all the spinning and looping and turning and the so That's rough. it is especially because I, li- I like the thrill of it but yeah. i love water i grew up a swimmer and uh so water parks there's something about the dynamic of like flying through water that's different because it's not like the air doesn't feel natural to me but water does so i love i get the thrill of that and i just i love water parks. do you like it's the so crazy good. straight tall water slides like i don't that? like those they're, they're painful yeah. you know like you're, you're going down you can feel like the the connections between yes. the tube you yes. know and it's just it's just it's not comfortable at all and it's just i don't like the one straight thing i like the turns and yeah. stuff and uh i like the ones that are um contained and dark mm-hmm. so it's like the, the black slides and then by the end you're like in this big bowl and you're just like swim, like swiveling around in the bowl and you drop down the i'm with and- you I, I used to love the most terrifying water slides imaginable and then i was at a water park in college 
and it was one that dropped you slightly onto the slide. Mm-hmm. And I hit the slide, mm. and I bounced. Yeah. And I'm sure I was in no danger. Mm-hmm. But it's scary, boy, though. Boy, for a second, it felt like I was going to go over the side. And you hear and, stories all the time where stuff like that second, almost happens, I was like, or I does. Think. I'm mm-hmm. a little too close to that. Yeah. I've never gotten on a straight slide since. I can't do it anymore. So years ago, my dad pulled me out of school for a week and took me for my birthday um, to Disney World, which was a pretty good trip. Uh, but there was a uh, Twilight Zone ride, which is just one of those that you sit and you have a bar on your lap and it pulls you up and then drops you down. And pulls oh, the you Tower up and Terror, drops right? You down. Yeah. 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 So it was Twilight Zone themed and... Um, so the bar literally just pulls down to your waist. Like wherever your waist is, that's where you can pull it to. Okay. My dad has a dad belly and I was like 12. Oh, so no. the bar came down to the dad belly and then I have like six feet in front of me and I, I felt like, you know, I'll just hold on. I'll be fine. Like we're going up and down. It's not like I'm worried about lurching forward, but I felt myself lift up as we as yep. the ride was like um, plummeting downwards and by the end of it I just had like all my limbs twisted up into this bar like desperately clinging on holding on because yeah because I was worried yeah oh. and my dad was like you're fine because my dad like you know brushes everything off the shoulder but um, but it, yeah it was a terrifying experience but I didn't get nauseated Hence because Tower I was fine yes exactly um, but yeah water parks there's just something much better about it and I would suggest the ones the, the rides that uh, allow you to go in a tube because they're just more comfortable, safer, I feel. Rad. Yeah. Water park advocacy. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Oh, yeah. This is fun. You've been to Santa Cruz yet since you moved here? Um, I've been to Santa Cruz not since I moved here. It was for a wedding like yeah. a year ago, so it doesn't really count. It's just the boardwalk is, is – it's just a boardwalk, mm-hmm. but it's somehow – wonderful i, I thought I you were know. gonna tell me about a water park no it has a log ride though they're good on water in yeah yeah no, I'm not i could do like the splash mountain thing but that's not really the same i just want to no, be in a bathing you actually suit be and... in a good water. i don't know where a good water park is around here. i don't really think there are good water parks there's a raging waters i've done a little bit of my research coming yeah, in there's always like some six flags thing like a hurricane harbor thing it's just too cold up here i think yeah that's fair but if you go to san jose or like if you go north or south it's warm isn't it well I, I, like it's just get, san francisco itself. you gotta go east up Definitely in south. Yeah, that yeah. too. If you go yeah, yeah. Desert, east and south. Yeah, you yeah. go to Livermore. It's like 115 degrees. Exactly, and that's perfect. There. Yeah, so, that's, yeah. Uh, water oh, park. I want to go to the water park. I need to go to one. So the 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 tie that binds between these two movies, Selma Hayek. Mm-hmm. Um, is is that is that the secret? That was that's interesting. I didn't even think about that until now. Um, that's just coincidental. Okay. I think it, the really the tie-in is that they're westerns, but they're spin-offs, and there's like a fantasy element to yeah. it. And are you drawn to fantasy naturally? Oh my god, that, yes, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I I love anything that's not real, but like also talking about things that are real through the lens of something that's not real. So it just gives it kind of like a different. It's like getting a different perspective on a thing, essentially, and then mm-hmm. having a little bit of fun with it because it's more creative as well. Take so. something and then just twist it just a little. Bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's relatable and understandable, but at the same time, it's fun. It's um, something you can reflect on. Maybe not that like Wild Wild West and From Dust Till Dawn made me sit there and really, really like reflect on human nature or anything. But they were just both fun. And From Dust Till Dawn has some really cool, not really action moments, but like fighting moments. Yeah. Um, and I like the pacing of it too because once you get into the bar the fight that breaks out is just instantaneous. Yeah. It's just instantaneous and then it's over. Yeah. And it's it, like you kind of, I think if, because I hadn't seen it for a really long time before re- re-watching it recently, 
And I remembered it just being one fight, mm-hmm. like drawn out, but it's not because that one happens in like the course of 30 seconds. Yeah. Also, I just love how everything's normal, the band's normal, and then like, then you realize there are vampires, and then all of a sudden the band's like guitar is like a, a corpse, like yeah, someone's he, like, torso. Human limbs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And everything's just flopping around as they're as they're like playing the guitar and the drums and stuff, and it's just so hilarious. It's just really goofy. It, that's that's again why I love Rodriguez's stuff because a lot of it leans into that kind of. His movies are never too serious. You know? Yeah, you think about Once Upon a Time in the West, and sooner or later somebody has a guitar case that's shooting fire yeah. out of it. And, uh, and it's not like that corpse band was particularly. It wasn't gory or gruesome. It was just silly because it's yeah. flopping around and yeah. it does look a little realistic it does look like kind of like a corpse like they put makeup work yeah. into it but it wasn't to the point of trying to make you believe that it was a corpse no it's like something out of a tales from the crypt comic yeah like yeah like, uh, like that's that. exactly what it is yeah and I then like your, that. your third choice to talk about again follows that same pattern yep. no selma hayek but no selma fo- hayek. follows that Not same yet. pattern yeah um and that's something that's western but viewed through that fantasy yep. or science fiction angle yeah and that's so we talked about Westworld when the new season started mm-hmm. on our very first episode. When when all our hopes were still intact. When all our hopes were still intact. And now the season, second season's been over for some time. Yeah. How are your hopes? Um, crushed. I don't even want to like, I honestly stopped watching. So I gave it maybe three episodes. And I was like, this is not going to get better. Mm-hmm. I still watched the fourth and maybe more than that. But I there's definitely like two that I skipped. Mm-hmm. It's just entirely. And then um, people told me that the Ghost Nation Tribe episode was good. So I watched it and it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because it had nothing to do with the normal storyline or the normal cast. And so they just focused in on one person and the kind of um, the kind of like progression that that one person makes and yeah. breaks through this barrier for himself. And it's a really cute, romantic kind of a story. And a so, self-encapsulating story. Set exactly. Yeah. Like a Black Mirror style uh, mm-hmm. um, episode. So that one was good and then I watched the season finale strictly to be able to speak to it today okay so moving ahead guys if you haven't watched the end of Westworld yet we are going to be going full spoiler mode so you're not missing anything no you're really not that's that's not spoiling anything Um, I hate hate crapping on something that I enjoyed so much before yeah Yeah. the first season season was amazing yeah Yeah. it was great and this one is not. So we'll eventually get to luck of the draw. If you want to watch that, you can skip ahead too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're going to go. But now. now to shit on Westworld. Now, alas, to indeed to defecate upon it <laughs> in every possible way. All right. Tina, why didn't it work? So I, I, the way that I've related it in my brain is Westworld season one was like Matrix one, right? You know, great idea. You're starting to develop some cool characters. It's going somewhere and it, it has a lot of potential. You can see like the trajectory of how that might end up. And then Westworld season two is like, Matrix 3, which I like kind of refuse to believe even exists. It's like stops at 2 and 2 wasn't even good, but 3 was just like so outside the yeah. outside the bounds of what that series should have ended up as. But anyway, it's like Matrix 3 in the sense that it's just like what happened? Yeah. You set yourself up for this and then you did this weird shit over here where you like changed the story and you introduced these samurai characters which like could have been cool because mm-hmm. we thought it was going to be samurai world but really it was just like two episodes and then you you decided to create these parallel characters and like it didn't really tie into 
into the story in a in an interesting way where it was already leading and it just felt scatterbrained it felt like lost i'm so glad you used that term scatterbrained mm-hmm. uh it, because i love when shows subvert our expectations when they do it yeah. well yeah uh the good place one of my favorite tv shows mm-hmm. season two of the good oh, place the good place yeah is not at all what you expect. Like they subvert. I think I watched the second season. Oh, it's much I better. Need to do it. Like the yeah. first season's good, but the second. I hit season... the like reveal of the of yeah. the first because the reveal happens in the first season. First right? season, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I haven't watched the second. So the season. second season, I'm not going to spoil anything yeah. here, uh, except that you should be watching the Good Place. Yes, is set up so that you think you know what's going to happen, and they totally. It's like if somebody did Westworld season two correctly, mm-hmm. they take you. It, Places you never imagined you would go, which is the tone and they, they do set it with the first season. Well, they yeah. do it so yeah. well. Whereupon this was just like scattered. You mentioned it felt like Lost. Were you talking about the show? The Lost? show, yeah. yeah. I concur. It felt like Lost. Yeah, because it's like Lost was doing something interesting, and then they were like, "What if we did this?" And we surprised viewers with this, and it's like, "But you just brought out a fucking polar bear." Like I don't understand. <laughs> like I like what? Like it's just out of the left field. Like it needs to have some connection. It needs to be grounded in some kind of a way. Yeah. It needs to feel like a natural progression. Like it can be a surprise, but still a natural progression. It's just the branch that you didn't think of. Yeah, Westworld Two just felt like Finnegan's Wake fanfic. I just yeah. couldn't. I just could not get. It. Yeah, it's kind of. Like how True Blood ended up, it's just like total fan service. Which like Westworld season two isn't even fan service because no one wanted that. No, I don't think it's just confused and lost. And it's totally and the final episode. So you know, everybody by the end, we have no particular surprise that they were going to be downloaded or uploaded somewhere. But they're shot. They weren't all going to die, right? They shot off into space as pure programs. Yeah, that that was not actually particularly surprising. I think a lot of people saw that coming. Um, Dolores ends up... I hate Dolores, but we'll go back to that. Let's go back to that right now. I hate Dolores. (laughs) Have you always hated Dolores? No, I liked her in season one. She was relatable, you know? Like, she loved her father, and she's, like, looking for this character that she's in love with, and she meets um, the man in black, like, before he becomes, like, a raging old asshole, like, and kind of, like, falls, starts to fall in love with him. Like, she's just, like, innocent and just being a human being who's, like, looking for love and, like, looking to protect the love that she has in her life, and, um, like, looking to just like do well in the world and in the small ways that she can impact it and I like that they wanted to grow her character to not be so kind of insular and like internally Mm -hmm. um like taking those morals and applying it on a on a wider scale like that was the right move but it was just such a 180 for her character she went into this like brutally um, aggressive and like cold-hearted person, and I understand the explanation, which is that she finally tapped into all her memories and everything came flooding in at once, and that's mm-hmm. what impacted uh, her like very gross change in character. But it just like you still have to be cognizant of your viewer, and you still have to be con- like maybe that's where Dolores, the char- the fictional character you wrote, maybe that's what makes sense, like for her if she existed but like you're you're still providing that story to a viewer and well, I don't think yeah. we had a connection to well, that well they could have they could have done that and made us all they had to do was make us sympathize with what she'd become yeah that was, that was we just had to see what she was seeing yeah and they yeah. didn't do a good job of that exactly. and they gave us no one else to root for either They're, yeah who am I supposed to like yeah I, yeah, I don't know. And um, on this show I mean not, not nobody it, yeah Mad Men is a show about deplorable human beings Almost everyone in Mad Men mm-hmm. is a terrible person. Yeah. But I care about almost all of them because I'm constantly seeing them through the... Yeah. 
I don't understand how they could make such a fundamental storytelling mistake. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of like You're the Worst, the show, um, where they are also incredibly flawed characters. And you don't have to be flawed to not be likable because it's it's something about the flaws that like endears oh, yeah. us to characters because we're all flawed. And mm-hmm. you can see you know our flaws in the, some of those characters and some of the flaws of people that you know in those characters. And it, it endears you to them in a, in a very like relatable way kind of normal like yes this is just reality kind of a way um but with Dolores it just felt like they knew that they had this character they knew that they wanted to make her into this like strong woman archetype and they just like messed it up and like I I appreciate the effort and I appreciate like where they were what they were trying to do I just didn't it didn't feel like a believable like strong female lead that I wanted her to be and I felt like she could have been but everything everything from like her turning around and making Teddy like this, like removing his his free yeah. will. Like this is the thing you're fighting against, and now you're doing the thing. Like I don't understand. And if you're gonna turn into Magneto, help me understand how. Yes, yeah, like help me let lead us there. Like lead yourself there. So yeah. so yeah, I really dislike that. But everything from that, like the big major plot points that like completely seem disparate from her, the rest of her as as who as a person uh, or as an android. Um, and like even just her costume work like oh yeah now she has this like belt of ammunition on her shoulder that I'm pretty sure like never changes and have we ever seen her really even fire a gun she's always playing with it and threatening and like cocking the gun granted I haven't seen every episode so I can't say that Mm -hmm. but it just felt like dressing it didn't feel like yeah I can see why she has that it was very it was very obvious to me that that was costume work. She felt more artificial when she should have felt more alive. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. The hosts yeah. were supposed to be, like, we were supposed to see them as humans, but she was just becoming more and more rote and more and more, yeah. like, written out. Yeah, either as more human or more otherly or something, but she didn't yeah. feel either. No, it's, like, I, she had her lines written for her by what's-his-name, you know, in the beginning of the show, but yeah, by the end of it, Bernard. it was very much like... Um, was it Bernard? No, I thought that guy who does all the dialogue writing. Oh, him, yeah. Yeah, that guy. I forget his name. Yeah, me too. Um, but, but yeah, she, but by the end of it, but by the end of it, she, uh, she's just written by the the show writers. Yeah. So she's still, even worse so. She, she never escapes. I want to like things. Uh, And I, I, I honestly have had more fun talking about Wild Wild West than I have Westworld season two. And it's like if somebody tried to, like, Always sunny in Philadelphia, but they tried to make it a drama. Yeah, like you, you can't. Yeah. you can't have those characters. Just like these non-believable. Be yeah, it that's can't true. Not be a comedy, and yet, so you made a drama, and you end up with us. Okay, well, and you, you know the big reveal with Ed Harris at the end. Did you care? Um, so what was the reveal again? That it was, was the, uh, that was the after credit sequence where it's like fidelity. Oh, that that's right, where he was implanted into an android. That's right? what seems happened. Yeah, or something like that. Like yeah. This, I I just like I you know the twist with him that I that I found interesting was that he was like the man in black was the younger version of himself like sure. I thought that was interesting like and I wanted to see because it was such a 180 for him too yeah. but like the, they didn't fill it in yet and so I was I was ready to hear about that middle part of the story so that I liked I liked that big twist with him but I don't know towards the end I was just like eh, I don't know I don't know like what your motivations are anymore at first it seemed like you were just bored with life and you were chasing like you were you were chasing this adrenaline rush and that's why you're going towards the game and now it's more about like you know your overall standing in the world and this daughter that you have and your familial obligations and all this other stuff that it's just little by little it just it felt I felt less connected to caring about him in general and so 
seeing him in that way, it wasn't really like, it didn't feel like the after credits scene that I, you know, I mean, I forgot about it, so. Well, there we go. So <laughs> folks, that's our take. I, I, I'd love to know your thoughts on the matter. We've talked about these three Westerns, and I know it's been a long discussion about things outside of, of Red Dead, but the reason for that is because, you know, we've discussed it to some degree before, in terms of Westworld, Red Dead Redemption literally is a series of AI bots wandering around an old West setting literally. that we also traverse. Yeah. It is a video game. Oh man, that's a good twist. What's a, oh, they just, just a, crawl out of the TV and they're like normal human beings by the end of it. Oh, that, very, okay, that uh, works for me. Very, very the ring, the ring, style. They're just kind of yeah. coming out. Yeah, but also these fantasy settings. These are these are twists and turns on a genre. That's what Red Dead Redemption is. Red Dead Redemption is an evolution of the Western film. Mm-hmm. Is as much as it is a video game. And yeah, it's, absolutely it's themes and characters. Yeah. That's what you need. It's an interactive film and not in the crappy full motion video way. Yeah. But in the, and I, I like that they've been so very good at drawing so many, uh, so much awareness. They, they Obviously, that the Housers love pop culture. That's, that's, there's no question about mm-hmm. that. Sometimes they love to hate pop, pop culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see that powerfully illustrated in most Rockstar stuff. But I think Red Dead understands it better than anything. Uh, and I can't wait to see that. I think there's more... There's love in all of Rockstar's games, even the ones that are that are often brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's obviously love what they're making. But in Red Dead, that love extends not just to a love of the game and a love of the experience of playing around, but to a love of the source material. That, it's a love of the world too. Yeah, yeah. Like we were talking about the Mexico Crossing moment, and and like that was a love of the world moment. It was a like, yeah, isn't this rad? Like let's put a song over it and make it even more rad. Like it it feels very much indulgent in like the themes and indulgent in the romanticism of it because there is something romantic about a western and like a you know stereotypical kind of western character because it's the like uh, you know too tough and you know too too much for their own good but at the same time there's something in there that's grounded in something like moral and like trustworthy and you know man of your word style thing that like you know makes it makes it kind of more romantic tina you've lived in new york have you ever done the cross-country drive i haven't i almost did when i so i from from new york i moved to la and then Mm -hmm. um almost lived there a year and then uh, came out to San Francisco recently and I drove from LA to San Francisco but I decided it would be too hellish to do the cross country road trip but I do want to do it at one point it's extraordinary I've done it once and it is the closest to real life riding into Mexico I can Mm -hmm. imagine because you see that you go through all the landscapes yeah you do all the cities yeah Yeah, it changes so quickly yeah I really wanted to do it yeah I will at one point it's just when you're actually moving which is the best time to do it it's also the worst time to do it so moving I'm moving right now moving is horrible yeah moving is the worst yeah I had a week uh, off of work and I just I didn't want to spend most of it driving I wanted to spend most of it building Ikea furniture and whatnot oh there is that that's true do you only have a week during the transition yeah I only had a week to move from New York to LA. Oh. Yeah, it was it was tight. <clears throat> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No, that's that's not good at all. Nope. Moving ahead. Yeah, LA to San Francisco much easier. So I'm very excited to reveal this. We've had, we, a, a very kind friend of the show mm-hmm. was actually here visiting the IGN offices, and they brought me a present one day. I was here for uh, that was the same weekend as kind of funny prom, and brought this wonderful thing. Oh, what do we got? Is it a literal mailbag? 
This is, oh, sorry, hit the mic. The new ah. Red Dead Radio mailbag. Look at right that. Here. Is this official? That. This is an official Red Dead Radio mailbag. Uh, no, Indeed. official U.S. Oh, yeah, this is a real office. thing. This is the real Are thing. Are you allowed You're, to have this? this? I'm allowed to have this, I was told. That's okay. Isn't this, this like is government like, issued? This is not like stolen or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, this is a legitimate gift. I feel that like you need a license right to, to hold this. No, it's pretty exciting. You want to hold it? It's pretty cool. It's all well, heavy. It's like, I don't think so. Yeah, look at it. So this, this is, is our official. new Red Dead Radio mailbag. So we wanted to show this off because it's mail time. It's mail call. And I think that uh, what I want to do is, is probably, you know, obviously I was going to do a write. I'd like want to hand write them and drop them in here. But for the first day, we're just showing off because it is time for Pony Express. Yeah. There's uh, nothing and, in here, though. No, there's nothing in here. Does I've got it on my laptop. no mail? No, there's mail. There's mail. <laughs> this week. We do have one letter this week. And uh, so I wanted to show that off and thank you so very, very much for that kind gift. But yeah, here's, uh, here's this week's uh, mail. Howdy, y'all. I got into the show very late. I heard you on another podcast, Gaming Ra- or Gamer Tag Radio or some show radio. I don't know if it's been covered yet. I'm only on episode five. How do you feel about sexuality, nudity, suggestive themes, and language when used in the original Red Dead Redemption game? Yeah, it's Rockstar. You should expect that. The ESRB cited a few instances where nudity and sexuality were used. But I don't seem to remember... Do you feel it to be gratuitous? I don't have a problem with NPCs working in a saloon, wearing nighty wear, and I'd, nightly wear, and I don't necessarily want anyone uh, bearing it all through the game. That being said, how do you feel Rockstar will use these themes in the next game? Looking at how Red Dead Auto doubled down with the vanilla out unicorn in GTA V, I fear as if they may do the same thing when it comes to saloons, brothels, private affairs. This from Joe. What was the thing that they did in Red Dead Online? Uh, well, this is Red Dead 5. Uh, the Vanilla Unicorn is the strip club mm-hmm. in uh, Red Dead 5, and you can go into the strip club. and you there will GTA be, 5. Yeah, and yeah. there will be... Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, I was like, Red Dead 5, what Red year Dead 5, is it? Red Dead 5, yes, we're way ahead, pardon <laughs> yeah. GTA 5. Yeah, the Vanilla Unicorn is the strip club, and mm-hmm. you can go in, and mm-hmm. people will take their clothes off right. in, in the Vanilla Unicorn. I, it's topless only, if I recall. If I recall I mean, correctly. as most... Yeah, I, I, th- I think outside, of, I don't even remember if you can see genitals in hot coffee or not. Do you remember? No, um, it's, uh, but it's that was also like, you know, that was never official. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, no, I believe it's, I believe it's topless only uh, in that. I don't remember there being. And I don't remember that. what was the nudity in Red Dead. Well, in Red Dead, the, the nudity I remember was mostly related to John, like walking in on someone. Mm-hmm. Um, John himself, I don't think there are Oh, yeah, there's sequences. one scene where, like, Javier Esquel is, like, sleeping. No, 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 someone is sleeping with Yeah, someone. he goes in and somebody's sleeping with somebody else. Yeah. And he walks in in the middle of the act. Right, and right, there's, right. There's sublution but I don't actually there. think you see anything. It's more suggestive, wasn't it? Yeah, I think there might be some toplessness for a second okay. there. But I'm not sure. I don't yeah. want to speak, I don't want to speak right. uninformed. Yeah. I played the game recently, and I seem to remember toplessness but uh-huh. my mind could have filled that in right. it's very quick it's, it's yeah. like a movie yeah. scene it's like yeah. watching an R-rated exactly. movie scene and they're trying to put across that this character fidelity means nothing to them right. uh, it's it's Abraham um, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's uh, uh, yeah it's Abraham Reyes uh, that's right that's Abraham right it's Reyes, Reyes. Yeah, yes. It's Reyes yes that's doing it I remember. And they're trying to point out that he's being unfaithful to this right. wonderful, wonderful person. Louisa. Right. That's Louisa. right. And John is faithful to Abigail. And it's yeah. made, used for dramatic contrast. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. when you go, John doesn't visit the brothels. There right. are sex workers there. John does not solicit their services. Um, what are your thoughts on, on what he's saying here when it comes to the next GTA game? How do you think they'll choose to approach that? The next Red Dead game? Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's it's you... the same thing, basically. Yeah. Um, I imagine the same. And there were a lot of questions in there because I think, uh, you know, they mentioned 
sexuality, nudity, like those are two different, very different things. So I understand like the narrative work that was done with the, you know, dichotomy of, of John Marston and, and Abraham Reyes, um, which works and it doesn't ever really bother me. And I think the most important thing like for a game maker is just like you make certain decisions of what kind of content you want to include. And then you also make sure people know what that means and like what they're getting themselves into. And then they can make that decision for themselves if it makes them uncomfortable or comfortable. Um, that particular scene uh, functioned the way that it should have narratively, like we just talked about, like between the two of them, they have different morals. Uh, and I don't remember any nudity involved in it because like you said, it happens very fast. So mm -hmm. it's it's not even like that's what the scene was about or really like that's what the takeaway is. The takeaway is more so the narrative. And so I would like to see it functioning for that purpose. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that there's like a, like there's a reason, you know, maybe John Marson didn't go to the brothels, but maybe, uh, what's his name? Arthur Morgan might. Mm -hmm. So he might. yeah, he might, he might not be morally opposed to them or, you know, he might not be otherwise committed or whatever else it is. So it's something that to a certain extent, like we've seen before and, mm -hmm. um, maybe we're desensitized to it, but it's nothing that necessarily bothers me. Do you think of its use in GTA as gratuitous? In the strip club? That was club? the question he asked. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe it's my, like, familiarity with it in games that it didn't seem gratuitous. But I also don't really quite remember. All I remember is, like, going in for a mission and, like, yeah, that's happening around you. But then you leave and it's kind of done with. Yeah, it, it, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, you can go in and do that. I, to me, uh, it seems like world building. And I, and yeah, I, I, like, I, it is a strip I, club. That is what happens in there. And... GTA V is a game, was largely a game about building Los Santos, mm -hmm. uh, building a world like we'd never seen before, a world that shouldn't have been able to exist on an Xbox 360. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, and that was the kind of thing that existed in that CD underbelly, so they put it there. I, yeah. That was always my thought on that matter. That's why it didn't feel gratuitous. Like, you walk in, it exists, it's there, but they're not, like, you know, there isn't a cutscene where all of a sudden it's in your face, and, you know, it's... Yeah. I don't know. It, it didn't feel forceful. Even, like, in some movie cuts, you can tell... There's a nudity scene. They just like, you can tell when they're just lingering and they're zooming, mm -hmm. and then there's like another angle and it's zooming in on that from that angle. And yeah. It didn't feel like in, in some movie scenes or maybe some games, like it didn't feel like it was like forcibly being shoved right. into your face. What I remember about it is you could actually get to know some of the women better and mm -hmm. some you of them like would a go lap home dance with or you something. And some, yeah. well, some you could actually. Uh, solicit for, for right. sex services, and then yeah, I mean that's couldn't. a that's a GTA staple too. You like yeah. bring a hook over and increase your health, and then murder her and get your money back. Well, a fraction of your money back for whatever reason. And that's a, that's an argument I've heard made before. I don't remember exactly where where somebody's pointing out that it's not the GTA is a game about murdering sex workers. It's a game where you can because you can do anything. You can yeah. kill anyone on any yeah. street, and if you choose to make that your narrative, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. I, yeah, I think there's, I think that's, I like when open worlds allow me to be the kind of person I want to be. Mm -hmm. I think this is a, a whole other issue, a whole other step, but I think about how Fallout changed after Fallout 1. Mm -hmm. um, you can kill kids in Fallout 1. You can't in the others. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it ruins your reputation. You cannot get the good ending. Uh, you alienate everyone around you, but mm -hmm. you can murder children. Right. Now, that's a sensitive subject at about yeah. seven different degrees, and it never forces you to do it or even tantalizes you right. to do it. Yeah. But if it occurs to you, 
Right. It follows the rules. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, oh boy, about murdering kids in in Fallout One specifically. Yeah. I mean. Well, I mean, I never played Fallout One myself, so it's just like to think about it in a you know in a way in which I would put myself in that position. Um, I wouldn't do it, and I think that like it speaks to what kind of a player that I am, and it speaks to the fact that like I playing a game in a way that you know at least doesn't force me to do things that I feel uncomfortable with and it kind of reminds me of sort of reminds me of Bioshock where you're choosing to like harvest or save the little the little sisters mm-hmm. and um, you get penalized for it and that's interesting too because it does kind of encourage you in that sense to like kill a kid but it's not also not really kids so not really comparable but but still it's it's just an interesting moral dilemma that adds like a little bit more context because in, in like Fallout 1 if it's just like you want to kill this kid I'm just be like no like, why did you ask me that right so it's just it doesn't seem like a situation that I would even consider yeah whereas at least in something like Bioshock it's it put me into a position where I was like wow am I actually considering like killing this little kid yeah um, or You're, this like zombified little kid or whatever you know little it's sister part of what is. I really enjoyed about the game was uh, Bioshock was that, yeah having that, was, that decision that weird moral ambiguity yeah. and the fact that it tantalized you with a reward yeah, exactly. That's that's why because there there was a reason for you to do it that wasn't just like I'm you know I get my kicks off of like killing kids in a video game. So it's it was a little bit more contextualized of something that like someone who just wanted to get more resources from the game might want to do. So I don't love it as like a th- like even like the strip club thing. If you go back to GTA Five, like. I don't know. Does the strip club need to be there? Like, I imagine there's some people who've never been to a strip club in their life, never mm-hmm. want to go to a strip club in their life. They want to play GTA and they play GTA and now they're like forced because there is a mission there to go into the strip club and experience this virtual version of a strip club. But it's fairly accurate in a way. Um, doesn't feel the same as like sitting there and, and having these things be actually physically around you. But it does kind of ostracize people who might feel uncomfortable by that. What's a standout use of sexuality in a video game for you that you regard as positive? That's tough. Um, I mean, I would say, like, I haven't played uh, Gone Home, for instance, or Life is Strange, for instance, but I know that there are examples out there that are, mm-hmm. that I've been told are really powerful and, like, represented in a very relatable kind of a way. Mm-hmm. But I did play The Last of Us Left Behind, um, and that... Uh, felt really meaningful because it was just because sexuality isn't even necessarily about sex like ultimately that's part of the conversation you can assume that that's probably part of the relationship that you're viewing but it's just about like you know two people or whatever exploring what like a romantic kind of relationship means for the two of them and and that's like that's a better representation of it it's not just like you know flashes of sex and nudity it's it's about um, it's about a bond. It's about a romantic bond. It's about love, yeah. um, lust. Like it's just it's about these more, uh, more relatable, grounded feelings that um, you know ultimately we all day to day, eventually to some form of another, feel and express and question and wonder about and you know learn about and but not everyone can relate to the experience of like walking into a strip club or something mm-hmm. so that's helpful yeah did you play um oh now i'm gonna forget the name Jeez, um edith finch i didn't but i i know a lot about it yeah that's yeah a, i've so. read a lot about it and and um edited a massive piece on mashable that was like a very oh, very intimate okay. for, for like months um my writer and i uh just joho were, were working on that piece so i know the 
game fairly intimately just through you know anecdotal research. Yeah, 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 exactly. Being a storytelling game, it's not that. Yeah, exactly. Right, they, they yeah, yeah, game, exactly. But. I pretty much got the whole story. We're moving on here to <laughs> luck of the draw. Four completely non-Red Dead related topics. Yes. Four suits of cards. Tina, yes. Mimi, please choose one card. All right. These are user submitted questions. What okay. what suit did you get? What'd you get? Uh, I got a clover. All right, you got a clover. Check. Clover, indeed. Clubs. So you, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You call them clubs. Club. I'm a club guy. Are you a clover? I guess yeah. I'm a clover girl. I like. Uh, I like clover. Yeah. I like clover. Yeah. Clover's great. Yeah. Like Delicious. It. Rabbits more, love it. More letters. From Kevin. <laughs> What's something easy to you that's hard for everyone else? It can be as dumb as you want. Ooh, easy for me, but hard for everyone else. Um, Well, I think like it's, this is an interesting one because it used to be really hard for me. Okay. Um, But I think what's hard for a lot of people is like a lot of social settings, right? Mm -hmm. Like I love walking up to new people I love talking to new people I love asking people questions about themselves it's a really hard thing to do and I was a very shy kid very shy which is funny because if you know me now I'm not all that shy like I have my moments like anyone else but yeah I'm pretty outgoing I'm a social butterfly but uh like as a kid a a waiter would come and ask me for my order and I just hide under my dad's jacket or something yeah I was super shy and my family gave me shit about it for a long time so at some point it broke out of it and um yeah I love doing that and I, I find that it's like I understand why it's a hard thing and uh and I understand that it's a fairly universally felt thing that it's difficult and there's lots of social butterflies out there as well but I just love doing it so much huh. that it feels like it comes easy to me of course I have my moments too you know like there are moments where I'm just like not in a good mood and need to be alone and have my introvert moment but, but you feel like it's something that's become a part of the pattern in your life because you wanted it to be that it's, and now it's become natural I think it was always a part of who I was I think I'm naturally an extrovert but um, but it's a and it's funny because I'm sure I could have thought of a sillier thing, but I always tend to go more in depth, like serious existential. So this is where we're going with we it. We do that a lot in here. Don't yeah, worry about that. Good. So, um, yeah, I think I was always an extrovert. It's just when you're a kid, you have like not insecurities because they're not like you don't know well enough to have insecurity, like real insecurities. But it's just like discomforts and you, you don't you haven't really formulated your way. You haven't really like figured out how you can be you. Uh, and at one point, I think I just like figured it out and I figured out that like. I like socializing. I like talking. I like listening. So, yeah, it kind of all came together. Thank you for answering that. Yeah. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. And finally, the Red Dead Redemption Poker Tournament. Now, uh, the time warp that we mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. happened. And we couldn't play with JR. I know. The overwhelming majority of voters agreed that JR should get another chance. I think that's fair. All right. But. Why? Did he totally bomb it or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, He got got it. But you get get it like random hands. But it's just random. Yeah. You actually play poker. Yeah. Yeah. You are a a capable poker player. I was very excited to learn this. So we're going to have. we, we decided this, this together, yeah. but yeah, we're definitely planning. We're going to have a, a poker tournament of Red Dead Radio guests together one it's gonna night. It's going to be fun. Just going to get some chips, play some Hold'em, yeah. maybe live stream the whole thing. Yeah, uh, it'll be It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. But for now, uh, it's just random. So five card draw. Okay. You're just trying to make the best poker hand you possibly can and okay. see if you can beat our previous champion. Okay. So it's literally hand to hand? It's literally hand to hand. Oh. Whoa, space sounds. Yeah. It's just hand to hand. You're just comparing. So all you're doing is getting five cards. Uh-huh. Tell me how many you want. So wait, do I get to like look at them and You pick? get to look at them. Okay. And then, and then like, I can pick I can my throw cards. throw away up to four. 
I can then, throw away up to four. And get them replaced, yeah. There's no betting around. It's just hmm. like playing crappy video poker. That's, so how many times can I do this? How just many only times? once. Only once. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's so, really bad. And then you would give me just... However many you throw away. Okay. And then you make the best hand you can. But if it's Texas Hold'em, should I only have Well, this two? isn't Hold'em. This is draw. Oh, okay. We're just playing draw. All Five right. card draw. All right. Gotcha. Just ooh, playing draw. Ooh. Okay. Well, I definitely want to get rid of this one. All right. Let me think. Okay. Um, Don't go for that inside straight. People always do that and they mess up. You really? Know? Oh, yeah. The outside straight maybe. Because that's such a, straight. like, that's such a very, very small chance. I know. And everybody always goes for it. Oh. Uh, it's such a baller move and that's why everyone goes for it, but. Oh, I don't know now. Okay. Uh, do what you want. Yeah. All right. Give me two. You want two? You sure? Yeah. All right. This is it. Okay. All right. So what these we got are my here? cards. All right. Oh, my God, man. Like, Show your I hand. was so, I oh. was so oh. close. Oh. You told me not to, but oh. it wasn't an inside. I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel pretty good about it, though. You should. You've got, you came within one card. Nine yeah. queen, king. I know. Nine jack, queen, king. Eight. Yeah. It, so if you'd added 10. If I, I was so close. Oh, my. So what were the three cards you were building around? Um. Uh, so I had these three. Oh, okay. So yeah, so, the, yeah now the, the ace, oh, the jack, the king. I'm sorry. And then I'm I got sorry, the queen. It, it would have been awesome if you did that. It would have. But if you're back on... I like you more than I like Jr. So you definitely get another shot. Cool, I right. like We're it. We're deciding that, that right sounds now. Good. Just I am I am a fickle host, and I've decided that yeah. that's how it shall be. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad to get my second feel, chance. It makes me feel powerful. Like, <laughs> to decide or not decide. To decide who gets a chance yeah. to play cards on the show. It's like it's like gladiator. You just no, it yeah, starts this like, way. Mm, uh, boom. So Tina, you uh, you run the world's maybe largest entertainment website that's a crazy thought yeah uh and uh you're that means you're involved in all kinds of wonderful things and i'd love to hear you talk about some of them here before we go yeah absolutely what would you like to know well there's I'd like so to know many what avenues you're proud of right now um what am i proud of right now uh honestly this is like kind of cheesy it's not one specific project or anything but it's just the entire team oh. um it's really cool to see everyone do what they do and it's it's really like i come from a background of being part of like smaller sites and doesn't mean that we weren't also able to do really amazing things we were but it's just really cool to be part of like such a big operation mm-hmm. um i always say that we're like firing on all cylinders at all times and even just last night which you know in our time last night uh like the call of duty beta went live way earlier than we anticipated but like everyone was just on it and yeah. you know i'm just looking at emails i'm like all right when do i have to jump in to make sure that things are getting done right and it's just like oh no that person said what I would have said and that person said what I would have said and they're doing that which is great and it, everything was just great it's Wonderful. it's like yeah I'm super proud of that like everyone's just very passionate but very capable and that combination works to the effect of like I think it was like 8 p.m. we were here recording and I was looking at my email and I was like oh cool thanks guys like Taking thanks for of. just handling that nice. yeah yeah it's it's a nice feeling absolutely lovely well that's great i uh anything of uh of your own work or somebody else's you specifically want to plug tonight um well to to go on the track of like things that i'm proud of i really like and um i don't get often a chance to do like get hands-on with content Mm -hmm. here because i mean i get hands-on with content but it's not like my byline or my appearance or whatever it is um except for uh one of our expert mode episodes and expert mode is something that i'm also really proud of because it's just one of our like best produced shows. Mm-hmm. It's just it's really interesting context, but because it's us talking to a developer, talking like normally a creative developer, uh, creative um, 
creative lead, creative designer um, mm-hmm. on a particular game and doing a kind of like post-mortem behind the scenes. Uh, and so we play the game together with them, ask them questions about it. They tell us stories. And I did one uh, for The Last of Us, actually, um, with uh, former Naughty Dogs, Bruce Straley, who's a good friend of mine. And um, it was fun to do because we're just friends and we were just goofing for a lot of it. But it also was just, uh, it came out really well. And I think that like there's some really fascinating stories and little details that I learned about the game that I hadn't known before from even him and I talking yeah. about it. And it was like an interesting thing to be a part of and to like come up with all these questions that I'd never, you know, thought to ask him before to make something fresh and new for the, for the um, episode. But just to see it after the fact, like, you know, we, we hole up in a room over here and like we shoot it in two different locations and it's just like really, really amazing um, production value at the end mm-hmm. of it. And we put so much work into it. Yeah. Like just the back and forth edits and, you know, like we transcribe the entire interview and then we go through and we all decide like this quote seems good and this is good and like we can string it this way together. But then like the flow here, like there's just so many considerations. I don't think a lot of people that don't work in this industry think about just if you're not noticing the edit, yeah. that means a lot of work went into the yeah. edit. Like the- and even then, like I feel like a lot of people probably think, I mean, who knows? Maybe a lot of people don't think this way, but it, it, I could see how people might think, you just film for a while, and then you're like, oh, cut this segment out, and then cut that segment out, squish it together, and you're done. But that's not how it goes. Mm-hmm. It's like jumping around, and it's, um, you know, it's the flow of the conversation, because... I was, when I do interviews, I always make sure to have some amount of flow. Uh, and I have like a, I have like a sort of series, a chronological series in my brain of, it would be good to ask this question after this. Yeah. And then while I'm doing the interview, sometimes I swap questions right. because it just evolves in that way. So I try as best as possible to keep it like a narrative flow as well. But the beauty of being able to go out after the fact and edit all of that is that you can really think about, you know, what is, what is an interesting follow up here? How can we split these two things here and still make it all seem like it? What's the best? Really way cohesive. to tell the story yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah exactly to maintain interest and you know what is the most important quote of, of all of these things especially for bruce because the man can talk and so you know we need to like pick out like uh, nuggets of of um of genius from his like paragraphs which I, I wish i could just share the whole thing it's like five hours of recording or something crazy just, uh, glad you've worked <laughs> you're proud of that's great um friends thank you for watching listening this has been a, a unusual episode and a really fun one for me uh tina it means a lot thank you for dealing with our our, our technical oh, uh, joys that we had it a, happens thank you for being a delight yeah. uh, thank you for guy. having me yeah this has been so much fun uh, you get friend of the show tina maybe you're gonna come back and play some poker with us absolutely right. hopefully i clean everyone out Uh, See y'all next time. Hi, I want to thank Patreon producers Stuart Ferguson, Tom Bach, Jonathan, Austin Riley, and William Holbert for making this program possible. Thanks all.